0: Block Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cool. step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight.
1: And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode where it happens to be my film pick of the week. So later on in the show, we're going to be talking about Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn from 1987 and directed by Sam Raimi. But before that... We are joined by the bold, the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith.
0: Hello, 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 everybody.
2: What is going on tonight?
1: Not a whole lot. We're going to be talking a whole lot of deadites later on in the show, so we're so glad that you could all join us. And we're also joined by the psychotic simian, the bad monkey, the prince of my more's day. Yes, get funky with it.
3: Yes, this is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we, the Talking Terror crew, bring you the best damn horror podcast there is in all of the land. So listen live, listen later, listen with your mama, we don't care, just make sure you fucking listen. What's up, motherfuckers?
1: (laughs) And last but not least, we are joined by the demonic Dean, who's going to tell us whether or not a shot in the dark is worth a walk in the park. Hello, Dean.
4: I'm going to tell you all those things, and I'm going to tell you more things than that. Uh, Good evening. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, everyone listening, welcome to yet another edition of the Talking Today program. Hey, (laughs)
3: Dean. Welcome to the
4: show, brother.
1: (laughs) Indeed. All right. So uh, at the top, Dean, uh, the new album Power Up by ACDC came out, and I know you wanted to give us a little bit of your thoughts and review on it. So why don't we go weed into that before we get into our news tonight?
4: yes um I just wanted to i've been listening to nothing but the new a c d c album uh i i it was a i knew it was coming on November thirteenth and I always forget that uh when it hits the streaming services uh at midnight when it turns to the thirteenth it's still nine o'clock where i am so uh at like roughly nine o four last thursday night uh power up hit uh spotify and I've been listening to nothing else since then and I just wanted to take a minute to say, because I know many people that are into our genre are also fans of hard rock music. Um, the new AC/DC album, and I don't know if any of you have been able to listen to all of it straight through or more than once or whatnot, but um, I've been thinking a lot about it. And I, I made some notes because I, I know I can ramble on forever, but I made some notes to keep it uh, nice and tight. Um, but... ACDC to me is a band I've been a fan of probably since I'm like 12 years old. Uh, they've been a part of my life since then. Uh, I love them so very dearly. And I ACDC is one of those bands in my life that I don't make any comparisons to to anyone else. They're like their own universe. Like an ACDC song is like its own thing. And, you know, there's the common joke uh, that, you know, every ACDC album sounds exactly the same. But... There's something about that that is so appealing because they might all sound the same, but they sound so fucking awesome. And ACDC in 2016 uh, was essentially like left for dead. Uh, Malcolm Young had passed away from dementia and after the, Eight, uh, Brian Johnson lost his hearing and had to bow out and Axl Rose took over to finish the tour uh, when that tour was over uh, Cliff Williams quit and Phil Rudd the drummer had all these legal problems and it was just Angus the last man standing and it seemed like that was a wrap uh, and that would have been fine I thought the last album Rocker Bust was not that good um, a lot of the clips that I saw with ACDC were not inspiring uh, with Axl Rose were not inspiring to say the least and uh, it was quite a shock when this news came not long ago that this new album was coming out and I just want to say that it is just where the last three or four ACDC albums have been mostly filler with like two or three really good bordering on great ACDC songs. Uh, Power Up has hmm. completely flipped that formula where uh, most every song on the album is a good to great ACDC song with maybe two or three songs that, are, uh, that, are, that could be considered filler. Um, and it's just, I feel right now in 2020 with everything that is going on in the world, a real uh, rock and roll album from a rock and roll legacy band uh, that sounds exactly the same and as good as they have ever sounded is kind of just what I needed in my soul right now, and I've been realizing that all week as <laughs> I've been listening to it, and that's why I wanted to talk about this. And I just want to close by saying I've been reading so many of the different reviews of this album, and some of the some of the 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 negatives out there, you know, make that same claim. Oh, every AC/DC album. Sounds exactly the same Or you know They're still making music As if their target audience Is uh, made up of 15 year old horny boys And I just want to say That if ACDC makes records For 15 year old horny boys Then uh, please let me be A horny 15 year old boy For the rest of my life Fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> Right
0: <laughs> Well said yeah.
2: Well said man Well fucking said Yeah
1: Really Thank you I I've think been you working the on those notes all day <laughs> but I, I have heard that too and I don't give a shit about it because I love ACDC myself all their fucking songs are great I haven't listened to the whole album yet but god damn it fucking ACDC is such a fucking party band you put that on if you're having a bad day Thunderstruck or Shook Me All Night Long or even Highway to Hell you're having a great fucking day after that so yeah I don't care The haters can hate but ACDC is one fucking hell of
4: a band I'm serious I'm I'm not kidding if you have not listened to the whole thing yet like you gotta get on it, like you're no, really man. missing out. Like you really, really missing out. I'm so yeah, I'm yeah, stoked about it. Because
3: you yeah. got to check it out, right, King?
1: Yeah, a couple of the tracks, not all of them. Like I said, I haven't listened to the whole album yet, but a couple of the tracks, and they just were fucking awesome. So I'm listening. I'm looking forward to just getting the whole album, and then just playing it all the way through, like the the Dean just said. Because that shot in the dark came out of nowhere, and I was like, "This, they're back. Brian Johnson's back. The whole band's back together. This is awesome." Like I got one more.
4: Cool, well, did just, you get a chance I to get... to get to the
2: rest of it? I was letting everybody else speak so then I can then weigh in. I have still yet to finish the whole album. I'm about five or six songs in though. Um you know, just I don't know. It's one of those where, like, I, like I've told you multiple times now, like I've had long drives for work. And the problem is, though, is I end up having to like charge my phone. And if I'm charging the phone, I have an iPhone. I can't jack it into the radio in my truck. I don't have Bluetooth or anything like that for that. Uh. Um I have a small Bluetooth speaker I can use, but it's not the same when you're listening to something as rocking as an ACDC album. Um, For me, you know, I'm obviously not as big an ACDC fan as you, Dean, but, you know, my introduction to the band was through the movie Maximum Overdrive. That is the first time I ever heard an ACDC <clears throat> song and like knew I was listening to something that like was just something different, you know, and it's stuck in my head forever. Um, we got to see them in 1996 to this day. Still, wow. All, of, all <laughs> of the different concerts that I have seen, Dean, one is breaker. one of my favorite shows ever, but two, mm-hmm. it is 100% the loudest fucking show I have ever <laughs> they fucking blew the garden up. My ears were ringing for days after, and you know, like I always say, it's you know when you're when you're also rocking it on acid the next day. You know, by by acid I mean the uh, the the L the L A S A D A. You know that that ringing noise can be quite quite something to uh, to entertain your senses, so to say. I don't know though the dean wouldn't know because he fell asleep.
4: Again, right. He drove all night.
2: He drove all night to get us. <laughs> man, he got us there by like five. Dude, we left so. the garden.
4: I think I'm pretty sure we left the garden uh, on the train. Uh, drove back to your house in Manalapan, and then drove yes, straight to Massachusetts. Yes, I had to, to wake my mom
2: up. Yes, I had to wake my mom yeah. up to let her know that I was going to uh, to go take a trip up to Massachusetts randomly with you, uh, out of nowhere. You know, which was which was <laughs> always a joy. dude. It's it's oh we
4: absolutely
2: were getting not, out of the man. fucking.
4: We were pulling over on the side of the fucking highway to do Califucking Stenics on the fucking shoulder to fucking stay awake. <laughs> uh, still nothing was ever as bad as that fucking, uh, that other one's tour, man, in 98,
2: dude. Coming back from Hartford was brutal with two separate cars, dude. Yeah, that, that was a fucking that was a rough one too. ride, man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, see, see, see the best part of that that whole thing, though, is waking up my mother. See, my sister, my mom is now uh, is currently like living over at my sister's house. So my sister gets to enjoy this and sends videos to me all the time. See, waking my mom up is always an experience. For whatever reason, if my mom is sleeping and you go to wake her up, she wakes up as if you're Freddy fucking Krueger. Like, she opens her eyes. <laughs> oh, yours kind of too, huh? You, <laughs> and then she sees you and fucking freaks, like, screams, Yells, gets ready into like a fighting position, like she's gonna kick you, she's gonna punch you, she's gonna hurt you, and you know, so doing that at like I don't know, twelve, twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning, you know, after we we finally rolled into Manhattan to just be like, Ma, don't kill me, I'm going to Boston with Dave. Just, <laughs> you, be right you know, back. Grunted at me a little bit, and uh, and that was it. You know, <laughs> we, we were we were on our way, <laughs> and then I watched Tom and Jerry cartoons with somebody
4: with thingies in his head.
0: <laughs> oh,
4: yeah,
0: you yeah. But yeah, man. That is awesome. <laughs> uh
4: so I am looking forward to to you know, we're not a music review show of course, but I'm very much looking forward to uh you know, hearing your all your thoughts when you get a chance to uh you know, get the full listen in because um I just don't want to talk about it with somebody because I'm fucking listening to it (laughs) nonstop. Uh, (laughs) I I hear
2: you. I
0: apologize,
2: man. I know I've said multiple times that I'm going to get to it. And again, like I said, I'll get in the truck. I'll start driving. I either need to charge the phone or like I'm riled up over some stupidity through work. So instead, I spend like 15 to 20 minutes of that ride like yelling and screaming Like, just nothing in general in the truck and probably making, like, absurd faces. And people probably look over and think I'm out of my fucking mind as I'm driving because I'm just sitting there, like, you know, freaking out. I'm a fucking vein, like, popping
4: out of my forehead. (laughs) Yo, dude, I was just just looking to see if uh, there was anything from that 1996 MSG ACDC show on YouTube. And I'm not seeing anything but I'm seeing one from the Spectrum, same tour, probably like a night or two before or after. And in the comments, uh, somebody says, this was my first show. And the next person says, me too. This was my first ACDC show. And my, e- my ears rang for three days afterwards.
0: <laughs> oh,
4: <that's> fucking <laughs> bad, man. That Just is Just like bad. you, buddy.
2: <laughs>
4: I would
0: not oh, trade anything
2: in the world, man. Whatever, whatever ability I lost, to hear because of that show, I would gladly do it again, man. It was fucking fantastic. That shit was rocking.
3: Awesome. Very,
1: very fucking cool. Um, but And quickly, I wanted to say real quick that I did manage to make a trip on Sunday to the theater. I said I was going to do it, and I fucking did it. Real cinema, Lancaster, PA. And I saw so Freaky, the new movie directed by Christopher Landon, starring Catherine movie, Newton yeah. and Vaughn. There was only one other person in the theater besides me who didn't appreciate me laughing as hard as I did at a lot of scenes.
4: Did he give you a head job? Up. They were just...
1: No, he didn't. I mean, he wanted to give me a blowjob in the bathroom, and I'm like, here, right now? I mean, it seems kind of inappropriate. I don't even know your name. And he's like, Ted. And I was like, cool. I was like, now nah, we can proceed. And, and it was great. I mean, nothing better. I mean, I saw a great movie. I got a blow job. I mean, it was, just, it was a fantastic experience. Highly recommended. People are so afraid to go to the movie theaters, but you get a blowjob if you're lucky. You know, I mean, he might not like the movie, but I did. But, <clears throat> um, but anyway, it is what right at our, uh, I, I wish they pushed it a little bit more. Man. Yeah, I know. I'm very easy. I'm very, very easy. Trust me. Very doesn't little. take much. Monkey knows. <laughs> doesn't and, take much.
3: Any ship in a harbor.
1: <laughs> yeah. Any ship in a storm, man. Like, you know, any port in a storm, <laughs> I'm there. Guys, yeah, uh, practice knocking. <laughs> but anyway. Huh? Yeah, well, got to do docking. Got to play Star Trek somehow. Yeah. Dock those ships. But, um, yeah, <laughs> Freaky was good. Um, I wish they had pushed the rated R rating a little bit more with the gore, uh, but there is uh, one fantastic fucking was involving Alan Rock, who played Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that just chef's kiss, phenomenal for a horror film. So... Uh, but if you don't want to go to theaters and see it, in less than 17 days it'll be on VOD, so you can watch it from the comfort of your own home without even going to the theaters, and I highly recommend you do. Great horror comedy. So, so oh, did nice. you Good actually
3: do a de- decent job of blending the comedy and the horror together, man?
1: Oh, they did really well. Um, you know, and they toned it down more than like gender swap, you know, body swap movies go, like with The Hot Chick, where they kind of just they yeah. tried to push as much as they could with Rob Schneider being a girl. In this one, they kind of kept it very simple and short with showing the body swap and having a couple of those jokes in there about, like, oh, man, I have a penis now. Like, you know, kind of the funny stuff. But they went right back to the horror. Like, they went right back to, you know, the body swap of the girl, like, just slaughtering people and getting away with it because she's just so cute in her little red jacket, you know, and nobody's going to suspect her having Michael Myers-type strength and Jason Voorhees fucking invincibility. Um, like I said, I don't want to give too much away, you know, spoilers. But yeah,
2: thanks for Seeing
1: Vince Vaughn, Well, seeing Vince Vaughn at the body swap when he's running with the T-Rex arms and screaming at the top of his lungs like a girl, probably one of the funniest fucking moments I had in a theater in a long time. Like, just to see this, like, six-foot-five man running down the street, you know, high-armed and screaming, uh, it made me realize how funny Vince Vaughn still is, you know, after all this time, because I've always appreciated Vince Vaughn as a comedic actor (laughs) and even in his serious roles. I mean, that Psycho remake was pretty piss poor, but he didn't do the worst job at Norman Bates. You know, I thought he did okay. But the rest of that movie is just trash. But, you know, Psycho. You can't really remake Psycho. You just can't. you
4: got to remember, that that movie was in 1998. Like, Vince Vaughn really wasn't even like Vince Vaughn yet. No. No,
1: he wasn't. No, he was still coming up. So I think he did Clay Pigeons up that long afterwards. And that was a serious, you know, dark comedy. Um, that I really did enjoy. So, yeah, it wasn't really quite Vince Vaughn at old school style that, you know, now working with Tom Phillips. But um, either way, yeah, it's a fun movie. I'm hoping that they kind of make a sequel to it. I don't know how, but I think it's possible, and you'll see when the the movie concludes. But uh, definitely worth your time, VOD or theater-wise, you know, and support it. Because it's an original horror film. It's not a remake. It's not a reboot. It's its own thing, which is fucking pretty cool. But anyway, so that's Freaky directed by Christopher Landon. Uh, why don't you get us into horror news, Dean?
4: Well, I'm just going to kind of keep going with what you were talking about because, uh, you know, Blum had said that. Oh, d uh, is, is coming. Right? Just so you said, I'll say it now. Uh, still, they're static? Yes. Yeah. A little bit. All right, hang on one second, on one second here. Let me just
3: check this connections. All right, no, sure. no, now? Oh, that's worse. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, you sound, sounding like a droid from
2: The Mandalorian right now. <laughs> oh,
1: The right, Mandalorian? Right. We're going back there?
2: No. You said Amandalorian, remember? The porn, the porn version. <laughs> amanda Hugging Kiss?
1: Oh, it's amanda All right, how about <laughs> Let's just talk about how Baby Yoda's canceled. Is that better? Yeah, I think so. Better?
4: Speaking yeah. of Baby right, Yoda, fans, Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so we were talking How about, about Freaky, and it was confirmed that Blum yeah. is coming to video uh, Freaky is coming to VOD on 1129. Uh, but in mm-hmm. the other Blum universe food, uh he confirmed that the Five Nights at Freddy feature film adaptation uh, is still active and it's going to happen, and that it's getting closer each and every day. So if that is something that's been on your list, that you've been looking forward to, uh Keep your hooks you know, on I don't
2: know what that is. Where I'm going to interject on this real quick. Here's the problem with something like that, okay? Like, this is where, you know, movies, studios, and, and execs, like, this is where people show their age. I'm sorry to report to all of them, but Five Nights at Freddy's was popular, like, four years ago. It's pretty much relegated to like the back fucking end it now gets like released on like xbox live like that kind of thing but it's nowhere near its popularity as it was when it was initially getting released on the phone people were following it watching youtube videos it was the scariest shit imaginable for little kids at the time so at this point it's like yeah okay yay (laughs)
3: Yeah, because I wanted to ask you, Gul. did you ever get a chance to play it? Like, I never got to play it, but did you and your kids play it at all?
2: I I, I tried it. Uh, One of them had it on their phone or some shit. And, you know, I mean, listen, it's basically like a Resident Evil type of clone deal where you're roaming around like a place and these... These these critters, these animatronic fucking freak shows, trying to to pretty much jump scare you and kill you. You get scared, you know. Once you get the jump scare scene, you're done, game over. Um, but you know, like the, the design of the creatures is what was kind of cool. They were like yeah. It was what they ended up doing with that banana splits movie was five was Five Nights at Freddy's. That's what it was. It was like a bunch of animatronic okay. freaking creatures go go wild, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, man. The titular
3: phrase, yeah, I know, uh, the, I, I, the I, yeah, because I know my youngest son and his cousins were playing it, but I was just like, uh, I'll take a pass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a movie. I mean, there's also the Nick Cage movie coming out, Willie's Wonderland. That's pretty much the exact mm-hmm. same premise, except it's got fucking Nick Cage in it. So I'm, I'm there. Mm-hmm. I'm for it. Animatronics versus Nick Cage. But yeah, that no, does look fun.
2: <laughs> the original Five Nights at Freddy's yeah. came out in 2014. So they're uh, they're a couple years too late, you know?
1: Well, you know, they're trying to keep their fingers to the pulse. It's not very well.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. that you right
0: suck. There. It's
2: dead. <laughs> it's dead. It's dead. It's
0: done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, what's you next?
2: Well, speaking of things like I that totally you know I finally forgot. got I finally got around to watching the fucking uh new mutants movie you know that that, that was a, a ride that happened finally um,
3: good. yes yeah. uh yeah i i downloaded a nice clean copy uh, I'll be checking that out this weekend, and then, yeah, and you and I can confer back next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right,
2: well, no, today. you know what, then? If you have the ability to watch it, I know Dean yeah, has I'll the do ability the same. to watch okay. it. Then that means the king has the ability to watch it. <laughs> so now that means all four of us can watch it. So you know what? There you go. I just announced my movie two weeks in advance.
4: <laughs>
2: wow. wow. It's on,
4: what was, what was, it's what was on movies. It's on Movies the Anywhere, Dean. <laughs> Was, what is it? The, the New, New Mutants. Mutants. The New Mutants? are we a fucking horror show? It, it, it's a it, it, horror-themed it's movie. It's a, horror
0: movie. Movie. It's
4: okay, movie. It's a come horror-themed movie. I'm announcing cut. three weeks in it, advance we're going to watch The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Sweet.
1: Finally. Finally That's somebody hard. announced it. it. I'm waiting. Yeah, that is. Okay. It's horrifying. Well,
3: it's well, right well I'll I'll, I'll that, see in rage because next week or we're or watching. Energy. No, uh, no, I'll see in rage because next week we're watching Beaches, bitches.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you hate that movie. It's like me a fuck.
4: I
0: know.
2: Loves Brett. You don't that's worry.
3: why. That's why it's scary. Bitt Midler, She's so fucking scary. She scares the living shit out
4: of me. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> I had a weird thing. <laughs> the uh, monkey will always be <laughs> the win beneath the wind. Yeah, I, I, had,
2: I had a weird thing with fucking Bat Midler, man. Like, I remember going to the, uh, <laughs> I went to the train station in Creole, uh, in, in the borough, you know, because I was able to get porn mags. Uh, you know, when I was like yep. 12 and 13 in that joint because they just didn't fucking give a fuck. Um, you, you know, if you'd go to, if you'd go to Soda King in Menalbin, the, the fucking guy would stink eye you, you, know what I mean? So you weren't getting away with it. But over there, they really couldn't care less. So anyway, I grabbed one of those like risque ones, you know. It wasn't a Playboy. It wasn't a penthouse. This had like full-on penetration and all kinds of like interesting fucking images that I'd love to see. <gasps> These um, are
1: monthly. Nice.
2: You know, I, I forget what it was called. But anyway, man, there was this one chick in it who kind of looked like Bette Midler. And I don't know why it got me off, man. I, was, I was like, you know what? Like, every time I saw every time I saw Bette Midler
1: after that, you get a like, boner? I
2: could look at her and hang up magazine, you know, it like ruined her for me.
1: Ah, oh, it must be weird watching Hocus Pocus
4: now. What to say,
1: mm-hmm.
4: uh, Bette Midler was in uh, two of the funniest movies. Um, from the 80s, uh, one Turns being. Be what? No, that's not a comedy. That's uh, the ghoul walking by and crying all the time.
1: <laughs> it was what funny was for me, man. He knows
4: that it's true. I'm not making jokes. What?
1: Terms
4: of endearment. Don't it's you always walk by and cry?
2: Oh, I love terms of endearment. <laughs> that's not in Yeah, I wasn't
4: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But the <laughs> movies I was talking about, uh, Bette Midler, two of the funniest movies of the late 1980s, uh, one uh, is called Outrageous Fortune, and the other that was with her <laughs> and uh, Shelley Long and Peter Coyote, and I think George Carlin was in that too, and another one uh, where she's with uh, Judge Reinhold and Danny DeVito and Helen Slater and Bill Pullman called uh, Ruthless People, which is just fucking genius comedic writing of the highest order. Uh, I couldn't recommend either of those movies more than more than I could. Very very funny stuff. All right. <clears throat>
1: All right. So what else do you got, Dean?
4: I can't believe I had this in my notes from last week and forgot to bring it up. Uh, maybe we were just like running out of time because we were so excited to talk about Nightmare. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we 19 classic, yes we were <laughs> classic 1986 uh, slasher uh, sorority house massacre. Uh, Norman Reedus has started a new production company called uh, Big Baldhead Production Company. And he, along with Shout Studios, is going to create a TV series, uh, a Sorority House Massacre TV series. Uh, oh, so no. if you were a fan oh, of, of no. the Sorority House Massacre from the 1980s, <laughs> uh, Norman Reedus is working on a TV series.
1: <laughs> that of all fucking movies. i <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, oh. I mean, I'm there for it. I mean, but I just wow. Well, I don't think there's nothing. Don't put your negativity in there, back in your pants, man.
4: That's going to be some funny
1: shit. <laughs> hey, Summer Party Massacre is better. You know, I mean, it's just of the two because it's just a ripoff of Summer Party Massacre. I mean, even the sequel is just pretty poor. But if you want to watch it, yeah. it's on it's Tubi for free. The is
4: a ripoff of Halloween, but we're not all poo pooing on that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's not really. I mean, <laughs> more of a, a stalk and slash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah,
1: so, but we'll see. I mean that's been announced, but most of these series go by the wayside anyway. So we'll see if that's getting you leg like, traction. Um, you know, but if, once it gets fully announced and they've casted it then i am like, all right, I'm in, but until then, no. Just watch the movie on Tubi and just be glad that probably not gonna see that series for a while.
4: Well we'll see. But being that we're getting close to the Christmas season, uh the King of Horror's favorite, uh Joe Bob Briggs has announced uh his December 11th live shutter special, Joe Bob saves Christmas, Christmas. Uh, The titles as par for the course when it comes to the live Joe Bob Briggs specials are being kept under wraps. Uh, Last year's Joe Bob's Christmas special featured black Christmas original uh, Jack Frost in Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. So we don't yet know what Joe Bob will be uh, bringing down the chimney next month, but uh, as word filters in, we'll be sure to keep you updated.
1: I thought Ernest was the only one who to save Christmas. This Joe Bob has to do it too.
4: That's fine. Yes, he does.
1: I mean, it's hey, we got to Halloween. a
3: year. We're going to try and get everyone to save Christmas. We're going to extend the Christmas season because everyone needs extra cheer this year Well they fuck over that's Halloween and cut Halloween short by putting out Christmas decorations fucking early.
1: Well, that's why they're playing Christmas music on the radio now, because COVID just says everybody's so depressed, so they figured they'll solve it by playing Christmas music on November 1st. is that nice? not sweet? radio stations to do.
2: It's always the case, though, anyway. I don't know. Yeah. It's always But not so fucking early. Yeah, it is. As soon as Halloween's done, yeah. man. That's like Home Depot, dude. By the fucking middle of September, they Christmas Yeah, dude, got Elf, Elf decorations has been on now.
4: non-fucking-stop since, like, the day sure. after Halloween. It's been Elf. Elf is on non-stop right now. That movie. <laughs> a lot
1: of problems with that one.
4: Elf. Yeah. yeah, I'm not
1: a fan. I thought Adam Sandler I'm not was bad. A- <laughs> yeah, I, I've
2: never been—I've never been a Will Ferrell fan. So, Pharrell, how do you say his
1: name? <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
2: I just, <laughs> you know what it is.
1: is that I've, I've
2: tried. Say it? "So, Will Ferrell." <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I've tried so many times with Will Ferrell. I just don't get it. So, nope. you know, I oh, just, oh, haven't only seen one have movie he's in that.
3: <laughs> only movie I think of his that I fucking love is Talladega Night. Just because just I'm well, a NASCAR fan. NASCAR? NASCAR. <laughs> and they, and yeah. they do such a great job of ragging on NASCAR.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you're automatically a fan because of NASCAR. But yeah, well, the so, If you want to watch Elf, I'm sure it's on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, what else do you got?
4: Back in 2016, there was a, a a chiller network that I guess was trying to um, the Ohara channel uh, and did not succeed, yep. but uh, they had a one-season uh, series that was called was Slasher, that. and then yep. Slasher, after Chiller folded, uh, Slasher moved over to Netflix for season two and season three, and it was just announced that season four of the series Slasher is now moving to Shudder. Uh, season four is going to contain eight episodes, and it's going to star David Cronenberg. Man, it's all like right, this mm-hmm. uh, the—it's like the bastard of <laughs> the
3: series here, man. It doesn't know who its dad is. <laughs> so, 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 well, like uh, everything else,
4: Netflix, now Slashers is daddy, man. is fucking killer.
1: Yeah, it's, it's Shutter's kind of like the stepdad that gets you like front row tickets to a baseball game. Like that's the that's <laughs> place where you want to be. Like it you don't, don't want to be a killer, you want to be a Netflix.
2: As somebody that had a stepdad, you know what? He never got me front fucking row tickets to anything.
4: I didn't say No, you'd I never had front
2: row
1: anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I didn't describe what stepdad shutter is. <laughs> you know, the one I'm talking about the stepdad that tries too hard. He's like, "Come on, Kevin, let's go down to the old ballpark and play games." And he's like, "Yeah, cool. You're a cool stepdad." I'm like, goddamn right. That shutter, not the other one. <laughs> But <laughs> he went out for a pack of smokes one day and never came back. Not those ones. Hey, that, that was my like like
2: real dad.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs>
2: Shit.
1: Well, there we go. Good night, everybody.
0: <laughs> 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 Let's play some
2: Here's the, his... um, you know,
0: I watched Slasher.
2: Play me out. I mean, at least I watched the first season of Slasher um, and enjoyed it. You know, it's Canadian, but it, it was still enjoyable. Um, and then we started watching. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Is somebody, oh. a Trump fan?
1: All the poor kids and stepdads are not out for a pass. It's of remembering uh, I <laughs>
2: I that, No, has it that been relegated to, like, uh, Trump supporters putting away their flags? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they got to lower them.
0: Checking <laughs> off the red hat. They so got to the January.
2: <laughs> I thought it was very well done. It felt well produced. You know? Gosh, I mean, listen, it was just, It was a fucking series, so it was what it was, but it was on par with, like, American Horror Story and that kind of stuff. You know, going into season two, like, I was really, I had some pretty good expectations for it, and it felt like it was, like, the low-budget stepchild. Of the original season, like I don't know if they lost money, got different actors, or what, but it just really felt like a low-budget film as opposed to the first season. So I never even bothered finishing that second season. So I don't even know what the third
1: season was. It exists. You can watch it on Netflix, I guess. So there you go. Oh, I know. Uh, I, I watched it on
2: Netflix. That's where I, that's where I watched it on Netflix, man.
1: Yeah. Okay. Nice. That's proven. All right, so that's cool. Look at something to look forward to for all the slasher fans out there. All right, Dino's so, Uh
4: Speaking of a comparison to American Horror Story, uh, Ryan Murphy, uh, and we talked about this on the show previously, has talked about uh, his American Horror Story spinoff uh, that is going to be called American Horror Stories. Uh, well, there's some more details about this one. It's going to be one one-hour standalone tales uh, covering myths, legends, and lore. Um, there's no release date yet, but it is going to be an FX on Hulu exclusive. And uh, Ryan Murphy released the first image, the first poster, which is like a woman uh, whose face looks like an egg that's all cracked, and inside the cracking of the egg is like a spider web with a with a spider inside of it. So. Um, one mm-hmm. one-hour standalone anthology. Uh, you know, sounds pretty cool. Uh, he said that you know you'll see a lot of familiar faces as far as cast members and everything as is his uh mo. Um, but there you have it. So, uh, off for American Horror Story. And sixteen Coming episode. Down. That's ambitious for
1: <laughs> a spinoff. Yeah, could go for less yeah. ten, you know, but sixteen. Hey, off. look! If they got
4: the stories to tell, you know. <laughs> yeah, and if they got the yeah. fan base to back it up too, you know. I guess so.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what else do you got, Dean?
4: Uh, an author named Grady Hendricks has a novel Grady. that's coming out on July thirteenth, twenty twenty-one uh that is called oh, for the final it's called the final girl support group.
0: Mm-hmm. And
4: even though the novel has not yet been released, uh the T V series rights have already been sold. Uh the mm-hmm. concept of this novel, which <laughs> does sound kind of interesting, uh apparently uh all of the final girls have been in therapy for decades Uh, And while they do not outright use the names and character names of the classic horror movies, uh, they've been described as um, a victim that survived a cannibal family in Texas. uh, One that survived a machete maniac at a summer camp. uh, One who had an older brother return to settle scores on Halloween. And then a lunatic who entered through dreams. Uh, So, Uh, in this in this novel, these are real girls, real final girls that are suffering the trauma as if these were real crimes. So that novel isn't coming till July, but the TV rights have already been sold.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward much, to that. I like
3: it. Yeah, but on the flip side, they're jumping onto this whole thing of. We're going to sit there and tap into classic fairy tales and stuff like that and not really use the names of anyone in the fairy tales, just like they did in the the Fables DC stuff, and then they sit there and did it once on the NBC show, and they're (laughs) tapping into that stuff, but now they're just doing the same formula but using
1: horror movies. Yeah, that's how you get around copyrights, my friend. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's how you do it. You know, when That's he you did do it, it the it, right way. I'm looking forward Jesus, to looking reading to it. That. I'm a big fan of Grady Hendrix. My Best Friend's Exorcism was a great read. I'm looking forward to checking this one out.
4: There you have it. Words from the king himself.
1: Yeah, so, all right. So, next up, what do you got?
4: Uh, based on their plans to throw a little bunch of their movies onto streaming as soon as possible, since no one's going to the theaters because of COVID, uh, AMC and Cinemark, at different points of time, have both announced that when things are ready to roll again, that they're no longer going to carry films from uh, Universal. But all of that now has been poo-pooed on because they have struck deals with Universal. poo uh, And what they're going to do is uh, they are they they create they came up with deals to uh, shrink the theater window uh, to 17 days, so theaters can have first run. Uh, for 17 mm-hmm. days before things go to streaming right now, but there's a caveat there, that caveat is that uh, before hitting Ooh, streaming, if one of these, if one of the Universal films uh, hits 50 million <laughs> on the opening, uh, the 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 streaming window will increase to 31 days.
0: Ooh,
1: mm. well, that does make What's sense. What's the caveat? Freaky's
3: the same one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that's I think one you put, you put fingers
1: in a girl's mouth. I, don't
3: know. It's, I thought it was mess. fish eggs on crackers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, no. I think that's something else. I don't think it's a something else. Google it. I'll find out. going to crack this case.
3: Damn English Cracker. teacher using fancy words on us.
1: <laughs> yeah, How obsequious of you.
0: <laughs> I am so smart.
4: S L S-L-M-R-T-E.
1: <laughs> I know words. I know the best words.
4: You have all the best words. And uh, following your dear friend into the world of horror,
0: and that <laughs> dear friend being
4: that uh, dear friend being Kenny Powers himself, Danny McBride, uh, Seth Rogen uh, is stepping into in the world of horror. Uh, Seth Rogen uh, for Lionsgate is uh, going fuck. to Write. He's going to help write and produce with his partner, Evan Goldberg, uh, a, a film called Video Nasty, uh, which is going to be a love letter to horror of the 80s. And the brief plot synopsis is that three teens rent a cursed VHS tape and are pulled into the world of an 80s slasher that threatens to trap them forever.
1: It's a cool plot line. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do love it. I just I don't I hope he can pull it off and not make it too comedy. You know, I mean, I'd love to see if he can dig into a deep spot, you know, make a, a dark uh, horror film, but no Seth he's probably going to go the comedic route.
4: Well, his his, his role is going to comedy. be mostly uh pro- producing. Um he might have a hand in some of the <clears> writing, <throat> but like that's not his yeah. uh, main gig on this. He's going to be a producer. Mhm. And then, I'm sure he's going
1: to have a button put,
4: yeah. Yeah. So the last thing that I want to talk about, because, uh, you know, I want to I wanna give the King of Horror ample time to talk about Evil Dead 2. Uh, ample holy bosom. bosom. <laughs> Who we, doesn't love ample bosom? Uh, we talked so much mm. on this show. I feel like as of late, I feel like over uh, our many uh, recent episodes, so many different times, Old novel, the topic of old, uh, like novelizations of films uh, has come up in our conversations. We've talked about the novelization for Halloween. We've talked about novelizations, uh, you know, for, we've referenced old ones that we had read at different points. And the kind of novelization of, of feature films is something that has kind of gone away. But the novelization is coming back. It seems that Quentin Tarantino himself. Fuck yeah. yeah. He has signed a two book deal. Uh, The first of these two books is going to be a novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And where what he has said is that he is going to now have room to expand on the story uh, with an emphasis on Rick Dalton's time in Italy making spaghetti westerns. Uh, So. Uh, no word on when that's going to be released, but that is the book and the novelization that QT summer is currently working on. Summer uh, what I heard. Oh, the summer? So that's pretty fucking awesome. I will be looking forward to that with great anticipation. Indeed. Fucking hey, man. I heard that book. shit on
2: the news not too long ago, and yeah, that, that, that gave me a woody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty fucking <laughs> yeah. cool.
4: And then also sounding pretty cool... Uh, the second book that he already said that he's going to be writing is called Cinema Speculation and he's calling it just a deep dive into the films of the nineteen seventies.
1: That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Because I know so, a huge fan of seventies movies like myself, so to read that, you know, a book by him about seventies cinema, I'm looking forward to that one most. I can't wait to pick yeah. that one up.
4: So, uh that's what's going on in the world of Quentin Tarantino. As we know, uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was his ninth feature film, and he has proclaimed steadily over the years that he's going to do ten feature films and that's gonna be a wrap. So uh there's been no word on what that tenth film will be. There's always you know, rumors and speculation and whatnot. Speculation. <laughs> but uh the the world not? uh awaits. Excuse me.
2: <laughs> he said, well, I asked him, what's not? Huh? Awkward silence. Awkward. awkward
0: silence.
4: <laughs> <are you laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, man. Just <laughs> continue. So, anyway, uh, no word on what film number 10 when Tarantino is going to be, but he's going to be hard at work on, on these two books. And he said, after he's done with films, he'll do writing, he'll do this and that. Uh, but uh, apparently he's getting uh, his start as an author, uh, and you can be looking forward to those. So I'll be looking forward to those very much. So,
1: Yeah, too. Looking forward to it. Both. Um, but all right. Uh, so, Monkey, uh, Ghoul, if you have anything to add uh, before we get into the movie, you know, you're, the floor is yours.
2: Uh, no, I mean, the I only thing I was going to say...
1: Uh,
3: uh, Ghoul <laughs> and I are on the same page. <laughs>
2: I was just going to complain about the controversy that's going on with the Mandalorian, man. Uh, it's a real quick fucking thing to pitch about. That's all. You know, the fact that there are people out there, okay, this, this particular season, you know, the child, Yoda, whatever the hell you want to call, whatever you want to call him, you know, we know him as fans of the child, um, you know, average person calls him baby Yoda. You know, he proceeded to, um, to eat the eggs of this alien creature, that uh, that they were traveling with. You know, and part of the, the job... Exactly. But, you know, the the thing is, is this frog-like creature, is the... Uh, she, she's carrying these eggs because if these eggs all die and she doesn't get them to this other planet with her mate, you know, her family line is going to end. So they're her eggs. They're her, her fucking babies for all intents and purposes. Well, you know... Baby Yoda seems to have a fucking... Uh, a hankering for these eggs. So he likes to use the force, pop them around, and then fucking pops them out every now and again, and just, you know, instead of a chicky-nuggy, he's fucking sticking these eggy buckets right <laughs> in his fucking mouth. You know, and he's, he's just nombing away on them. Nom, nom, nom on the egg, egg, egg. You know? And <laughs> somehow... Somehow... Okay, this is the world we live in in 20-fucking-20, 20 20, okay? Somehow... This has become a huge fucking problem for people who are claiming that this is
4: genocide,
2: okay? Really, people? It's a fucking fictional character in a fictional fucking universe, and
0: even if it wasn't,
2: he likes the fucking eggs, man. I would give him a Wookiee egg and fucking cheese if I had to. You give that little motherfucker eggs. He wants eggs, you feed him eggs. Fuck that froggy bitch. And it's not genocide if it's only one family line. It's not the whole species that's going to die. It's just one fucking person.
0: Scramble. That was how you really feel.
2: (laughs) Rant rant over.
0: Makes it makes sense. Okay, but
3: but but backing up the ghoul. All right. On top of that, then you also have a lot of people that are complaining about, um, you know. That this was totally – this is making them feel bad because they didn't understand, you know, how hard it is to try and get pregnant when you're sitting there try, trying to go through okay. things of, you know, getting your eggs ready and the ovulation okay. process. Okay. And they thought it was a, they thought it was a stab at, you know, trying to get pregnant Fertilized. as well. So they were. <laughs> and it's just again, people just need calm the fuck down. It's like th- this was done on purpose. Not to sit there and give off genocide, but it's because John Favreau put those scenes in there to take away from the cuteness of Baby Yoda and show that he's just. That's why they did it.
2: nothing nasty about it. He was hungry. Okay? He saw eggs they were food. He's a creature. I like we don't know what his Rebbled fucking in the diet
0: mold. is. It
2: ain't like we ever sat there <laughs> and watched Yoda fucking nom on a fucking meal. You know, he's not eating steak. When he you know, fucking lived in a... He used to live on Dagobah, man. You saw what Dagobah was. Like, God only knows what the fuck he jumped down and thrown it up his ass. I mean, give me a
3: break. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you. And plus, a baby's
2: got to eat, man.
3: You know, <laughs> Mando sure as fuck wasn't eating them, uh, I mean, eating them fuck it, but
2: still, I mean, Soft at this oil. point, you know, I mean, if they really want to take the reverse fucking side of it, really why marinated? don't they give Mando some fake fucking rubber titties with some milk in them, some blue milk, okay, and he can sit Mama? there and fucking breastfeed <laughs> fucking the child, okay? Will that make all the ladies that are all complaining about this shit or these fucking dudes that got nothing better to do <laughs> complaining about women's fucking rights? Like, I fucking can't stand that shit, man. Leave our shows alone, for God's sake.
3: And and then there's also controversy about our drop uh, trooper because she's been going on her Twitter, and uh, she's apparently been extremely uh, anti, like you know, doesn't believe in COVID, pro Trump. So you know everyone's there, you know, bitching about that.
0: And again,
3: everyone just (laughs) needs to calm the fuck down, fuck you, (laughs) ha! <laughs> and just enjoy
0: the show. <laughs> the team
3: likes his eggs on the chairs this side. <laughs> but that's it. Okay. Now, moving on. Do you, do you agree, Gould? That <laughs> we set our page?
2: Oh, yeah. No, I'm done. This is one of those things that I spent like I said, you know, like sometimes I'll be in my truck and I can I could yeah, listen yeah. to the ACTC album, but no, instead I'll sit there yelling and screaming at the fucking air, you know, about this <laughs> kind of stuff. So Frit Huthaw. Mm.
1: <laughs> Mando Borian, am I right guys? <laughs> hey. Back again. <laughs> <clears throat> it, oh yeah! egg okay.
2: come on come on let's move on since you get on with your fucking Bruce Campbell dick sucking let's go
1: yes Did I have a lot go. of Bruce Campbell dick to suck so yeah <laughs> right, fried so eggs. anyway g- yes g- I know I,
3: g- give, it, give, even though give I, giving a yeah. giving getting <laughs> poached egg
1: <Yeah. laughs> yes and even though I hate on the Mandalorian all the time yeah I agree with you guys I think people need to relax fictional characters not realistic but anyway Evil yeah, Dead 2, Dead Moving by Dawn, on. 1987, directed by Sam Raimi. We once again meet our hapless hero, Ash, as he returns to a cabin in the woods with his girlfriend, Linda. When he discovers the tape recorder, he plays Coach it and sakes. discovers that the dead are coming for his, oh, not only his girlfriend, but for him as well. And the woods around him are evil. So uh, with Evil Dead 2, I saw the whole series when I was in high school and fell in love with it. The first one's my favorite. I think that's the it's best predatory. one in the series. I love Evil Dead 2, but Evil Dead being as uh, original as it was and low budget, uh, and it definitely worked on the scare level. Evil Dead 2 works on much more of a comedic level, and that's all due to Sam Raimi basically beating the fuck out of Bruce Gamble for 84 minutes. That's all the movie is. It's just him beating the shit out of his best friend and making a movie, and it's fun. All right, so, Google, what do you think about Evil Dead 2?
2: God, that was, that's Evil Dead 2 in a nutshell, man. Uh, you know, listen, I, uh, I, there's not much to say about Evil Dead 2. It's a fucking classic. It's always enjoyable. It's always a fun ride. There's not much there's to say about it. it.
4: I should have found some more news stories. I, uh,
2: you know, there's, there's, there's never going to be a time that I can't put this on and not fucking sit there smiling the whole entire way through. It's just that much fun, man. Right, that, that's, that's about it for me. So,
4: so Dean, how do you right. feel about the Evil Dead 2? And eggs. <laughs> uh, I just, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I love eggs, it's one of my favorite foods, I ate so many uh, I want to take a moment and uh, thank the King of Horror for picking Evil Dead 2 Because I just, I feel this is one that, uh, you know, I've seen like a thousand times But a thousand times in like a short window And uh, to be honest, when, you know, it's been so long And like, I uh, you know, obviously, you know, I love the Evil Dead 2 and everything uh, You know, when I first picked it, I was like, oh man, Stop like, Evil Dead 2 and <laughs> when I watched it, I was just so grateful that the King made this pick because I love this movie so much. And I have, like almost forgot how much I love this movie because I haven't seen it in, in quite some time. Um, so, I mean, again, what like the, the Kings, the ghoul said, like what is there not to love about the evil dead Two? It's a fucking legacy horror film. It's just one of the best uh, delightful performance from Bruce Campbell, uh, taking a beating the whole time. I forgot truly forgot how much fucking physical comic like performance was uh in the role of Ash in this film, but um I had a great time watching this. Um so much fun.
1: All right. Monkey, what'd you think about Evil Dead Two? Uh
4: yeah, just like everyone else. It's like here we go to
3: another episode where talking. Terror talks about how much Bruce Campbell is gonna get, beat his own ass.
4: You know, it's
3: just, you know, we're getting to a movie here where it's just him beating the shit out of himself because Sam Raimi can do that. Um, and it's just, it's been a long time since I've watched this because, again, you, you think you've seen Evil Dead 1, you think you've seen Evil Dead 2, you think you've seen Army of Darkness, and it's just, there are so many scenes from all three that keep overlapping from one another, this and that, you know. And like you, King, I prefer Evil Dead 1. Um, to me Evil Dead 1 is a tighter story and it I could see how this movie to, you know, people who have not seen this movie before could have a little bit of trouble getting into it, man, just because it does have its moments of dragging. You know, it's cuz we have a, you know, a good bit of the opening of the movie where it's a pretty much a one-man show. And you know, I could see how it would be hard for people to get in there, but Again, once you do, though, once you give it the time, it's like you're going to become a fan.
2: (laughs) And then
3: we're going to sit there and just keep going back over and over and over again because we can't get enough of this shit. (laughs) I'm, like,
2: flabbergasted over, like, what you said right there. I mean, there's no lag in this movie. I mean, shit kicks off, like, pretty much, like, right off the bat. It's fucking nonstop. Within seconds, you have a possession, a fucking death, a burial, a resurrection, a fucking you know complete insanity. Somebody's fucking erection. flying through the air and knocking into fucking yeah, an erection, all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you
2: know, the one thing I tend intend, to, oh God. The one thing I tend to forget. With let me slow down here. See, so you got me all fucking excited. Um. No, um, I tend to forget to here di- is, <laughs> as much as as <laughs> yeah. much as this is a sequel to the evil dead it serves more so as a reboot of the series and this is a
0: reboot Absolutely. before reboots are
2: fucking a popular thing you know it's like the events of the first film just never took place as far as action is concerned um you know, so 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 here we are going through all of this, you know, again, and you know, I know this is what, like six, six, seven years after the first movie.
1: The first one was, 81. The 81, was eighty one. Eighty one, that's what I
2: thought. So, yeah. and this was yeah. eighty seven. So, you know, this was actually out of the Evil Dead films. This is the one that I saw first. Um, Same here. You know, and uh, you know, I uh, was kind of, and I guess maybe that might have to do with why I may f- have found it a little jarring or disappointing when I watched the first film after seeing this one because there's really no connection other than the possession angle of things. Um, I always felt like... the, and first the basement. Movie took it, <laughs> and the basement, but the first movie took things serious Whereas this film definitely goes all jokes, all humor, a lot of fun. But, you know, when I saw this as a kid, honestly, I didn't find this movie funny. I found this scary. I thought this really was a movie about a guy that got fucking seriously possessed by demons and then lost his mind while all this shit was going on as well. But I didn't see the humor involved with this. I saw this as a scary film when I was a kid. Again, I was eight. See? Now, well, I agree with you because...
3: because again, you know, you you all know that I lost my cherry late. You know, I didn't watch my first horror movie till I was fourteen. Um, and part and part of that night where I watched my horror movie Sweeping? was it was. Uh, no, I, that's not me. Wacky. Um, but, but yeah, it was Killer comes from Outer Space. It was Evil Dead Two, right. and then Halloween Five. But yeah, this was like one of the movies that helped pop my. And like you, Ghoul, I was like, I had no idea what the fuck was going on in this movie. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, And it wasn't originally intended to be a reboot. It's just because Sam Raimi couldn't get the rights to the footage from the first one from New Line, who it acquired the rights to the first film. So they kind of had to go back to the drawing board and basically reboot it with a new window and Ash going to the cabin. Originally, Sam Raimi wanted it to take place in 1300 AD and have Ash fighting deadites. That was his whole idea. He's like, I want to do that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Dino De Laurentiis said, no, we need the cabin. We need Bruce in the cabin fighting Dead Deadites. So that's why we get the cabin again. Um, but it, it plays out better because they got a bigger budget, so there's more gore, you know, different kind of colored bloods because they were trying to get that R rating. But knew they would never get it. So fuck it. Let's just go for it. You know, we'll make it all different <laughs> colors and we'll make it funny.
2: And eventually, we do get to thirteen hundred A.D. when Army of Darkness comes out six years or so later. Um, so much so right. that I actually, you know, no matter how many, like you know, it was one of those where I didn't even realize that Army of Darkness was the sequel to The Evil Dead Two. And even no, like I, had I remember, no idea. clear as day. Seeing that box in the video store, time and time again, you know it's it, it's Army of Darkness. It's in the A section, so it's one of those like first couple of movies that come up in the fucking area, and I just never put two and two together. Looking at Ash on that box, that that is Ash from the Evil Dead. Like I guess I would glance at it so quickly <laughs> and just dismiss it as a movie. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to see this, you know, and I just move I know on and that... something else. Similar so, to what the
4: Similar to what the ghoul is saying there, I too also did not realize uh, Army of Darkness being a sequel to Evil Dead 2 because at this time, actually, when Army of Darkness had come out, uh, you know, I actually had not seen uh, Evil Dead 2 yet. I don't think I saw Evil Dead 2, uh, maybe even like till like two or three years later. Um, and uh, I have talked on this show before about the 1992 to 1994 time period of which I had the hot uh, cable box in my bedroom and can rattle off the movies that played in that era that i saw a thousand times and uh, army of darkness was one that was in that time period but also was one that for whatever reason i didn't watch at all when i had the hot box um, i didn't see that until you know forever forever and ever and ever either so, um, the
2: stoners that we you know. were, what a surprise, you know, we totally like, so yeah. fucking love that being high as a kite, but we just didn't, didn't catch I know, it. Then. See, I was in high
3: school when that came out. I remember seeing the trailers. It was right after I saw Evil Dead 2 and shit like that. So yeah, me and my friend were stoked about it. Went to the theaters, but it was only me, him, and like three other people in the theater.
2: Yeah. I remember. I, I would check that bitch out in theaters. I was working with this one dude, Steve, who was, uh, who was a deadhead. He had one arm, which was always interesting to watch him work in like, the h one Oh, man, um, my wife. <laughs> so I remember we were like, we were trying, we were doing a job somewhere. It must have been like ninety five, ninety six. And he's going on and on about this movie that he saw, and he's talking about this guy, and he's like, yeah, he's got a chainsaw, one arm. know, he's using a shotgun. And I'm going, yeah, Ash, you're talking about the Evil Dead. And he's like, he's like, no, this movie's called like Army of Darkness or some shit like that. I'm like, what you're talking about is the Evil Dead. He goes, no, he goes, well, this is the fucking sequel to the Evil Dead, you dumbass. And I was like. <gasps> Oh, okay, so they actually continued the story. So, yes, eventually (laughs) we get to see Army of Darkness. But what I, you know what's funny is is it wasn't until this most recent viewing, and again, I've seen this movie so many times, this is the first time I ever caught the beginning hint of what's going to happen at the end of the film, where they show Ash in the book, the guy that falls from the sky. Like, for some reason, I guess I've never Mm -hmm. picked up on that before. Or if I have, I've forgotten. It's
1: completely
2: possible because I'm a fucking retard that way.
1: But it's a quick thing, you know, and that's when he says, you know, I feel like somebody's walking over my grave. And that's when they discover the three thousand year old pages and <laughs> pictures of Ash with his chainsaw. But yeah, so when you get into the film, again, like the the ghoul had said, this movie fucking just goes. I mean, within the first you know, twenty five minutes of this movie so much happens where you have Linda and Ash going to the cabin of Professor Noby. Oh baby, he's not gonna be home, we're fine, relax, I brought champagne. champagne. You're a woman and I'm a man and <laughs> you're a woman <laughs> i am I checked? <laughs> you know? and like, you're a, a woman that team, doesn't want to
3: put, <laughs> and she's a woman that doesn't want to put out.
1: <laughs> yeah, with the vacuum form <laughs> fucking t-shirt on, <laughs> you know that just glued to her yeah. sides. You know, Don't and then she has to put on lingerie, it's like
2: because she has principles. Okay, that's slut shaming. That's not nice.
1: No, it's not. I just they could have put her in a t-shirt, but Rob Tappert said, "No, we got to get the vacuum form on." I I'm
2: talking to you. I'm talking to the monkey.
3: I'm oh, not, no, I'm not, I'm not shaming any sluts. I love all sluts when I'm out on a camping trip.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Man, I'm using the wrong word, man, but you're making fun of her for being prude. Don't prude shame. How about that? Okay. She see, won't there We got a
1: prude. She was putting on the sexy nightgown. She was getting ready for some action. You know, he brought champagne. Yeah, she was, we were going to lay down. We were, she was do
3: some fucking she, she ballet. Was, she was a tease. She, she was a tease. <laughs> yeah.
1: But what better way to set the mood than find that tape recorder in the, sure. uh, in the den And play it
3: Because what's on there but oh. the
1: incantations of the Book of the Dead
3: It sure as hell would not bury White
1: <laughs> <laughs> No Man, This is funny, it's a tape recorder, honey We'll play it, find out what's on it, okay And here comes the incantation of the evil dead And we get the famous Sam O'Cam running through the forest And crashing through the window, attacking <laughs> Linda And she's gone And poor Ash, where did my girlfriend go? Oh, man, I was going to get away tonight. I hope nothing bad (laughs) happened to her. I'm going to go outside and check. And we get to see Linda, the deadite Linda, with a great effect. (laughs) But Ash Ash is just so pretty quick to just end things because he grabs that shovel and just cuts her head and lets the fuck off. He's like, listen, (laughs) baby, you're a deadite. I don't have time for you anymore. (laughs) Cutting that head off. And with all this happening, he still has time for arts and crafts because he built a, a cross. So, he buries <laughs> her and then puts the cross there. So, rather than just bury her and move on, no, he's got to build that cross so she could be immortalized. You say,
2: build, you say yeah. build like he crafted some kind of thing that you're going to find in the Sistine Chapel. I mean, listen, it's two fucking sticks that he's strapped together, man. You know, he, uh, there really mm-hmm. is no, mm-hmm. no, like, thought, though, behind it whatsoever. There's no him, like, talking to her. There's no him trying to figure out what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. No, he just grabs a shovel and cuts her head off. <laughs> hit her with first, you know? At the very least, he smack her in the head a couple of times. See if that knocks her out of the whole thing, you know? But no, he just
1: takes her clean <laughs> off at the head. Not the yeah, he really jigs her. That's why he did it.
3: <laughs> so don't – don't. don't. But, start, you know, but then starting the tradition of Bruce Campbell making a makeshift cross and then lightning and thunder behind him as he does it, you know, because it happens over and over and over and just throughout the many incarnations of Ash throughout the years.
1: And, of course, we get that great shot again of the Sam cam, this time rushing through the back of the cabin and attacking Bruce from the front and giving him the old 360 spin through the woods while he's being smacked in the face by tree branches left and right by by Sam Raimi and Rob zappert, So he's getting beat the fuck up. <laughs> We're off. And, you know, and again, yeah, it's like,
2: you know, one of those, those Raimi... Well, this is one of those things that will forever be a part of Raimi films. You know, from here on out. Yeah. Like we'll see camera, we'll see camera work like this in Spider Man. We'll see mm-hmm. camera work like this in uh whatever that one was with the gypsy and the curse Dark and Man. all that stuff. Again. Drag uh, you know, no, not you know. Dark Man. Yeah, Strag Me to Hell. Um, you know, all, all little all little tidbits and stuff like that, which is nice. You know, I know we we've spoken about Tarantino a number of times and you know how certain directors have like certain styles or niches that they do and, and this is this is one of them, so Raimi is one of those directors. You always know when you're watching a Raimi
1: film. It's fantastic to see just him doing the spinning and landing in the water and when he's down in that water gurgling, gurgling, gurgling again, I'm sure Sam was saying, Keep your head under the water, Bruce. Keep that head under the water. Don't <laughs> pop it up. You've got to get this shot, Bruce. Are you sure
4: he was saying that?
1: Oh yeah, we we'll was see. Audio commentary. He does talk about that scene in particular, <laughs> where he made him literally away in that puddle, and they had to put special dye in the water so they couldn't get dirt in it, because when Ash pops his head back up, he's a deadite. Mm-hmm. He's been affected uh, by the ah. demon in the woods. But the sun's gonna make attitude. everything it's better. It. The sun's gonna take everything sure. away, and we're gonna wrap up this movie because it's over. Sun's out. No more Deadites, and oh. evil is gone. So we can all move on. Ash could leave the and evil
0: start a is life gone. somewhere
1: else in Michigan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Holy I, shit, I it's deep. <laughs> it's for like, the,
2: the sun says, for now. <laughs> it's like, for now. Yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, But of course, what is happening, and he turns back into our hero, Ash. And then he decides he's going to take a nap in the puddle. So, you know, because he's been through a lot. You know, he needs to rest his head for a little while, you know, and just kind of <laughs> figure out where he's got to go next. <laughs> so
3: he's <laughs> he he still half the day away. <laughs>
1: yeah, and when he awakes, it's it's dusk now. And when he gets back to the cabin, there's a pair of superimposed eyes saying, join us. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to get back in the Delta and One get the fuck us. out of here.
0: One of us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and this is where he decides to you know, Wipe himself down and then rush out In the Delta 88 and get to the bridge And there's also a deleted scene that I had Shared with you guys last night on the group chat Where he decides to reach <laughs> for a, a, a Big old box of cereal that he Found in his car and he chokes on the toy Which is one of those sticky wall crawlers you think you'd watch out For the Damn. Bully, but
2: Damn those sticky wall crawlers <laughs> I love those things as a kid man right, so You got a tourney and then once it was dirty, it was fucking useless wall crawler. No, all you, know, you had to do was wash it with... Was, was, no, all you had to do I was, was, wash, they it they was dish, wash it with... They say wash it with soap and water, right? Yeah, it never worked Yeah, I'd wash it. It never stuck again. <laughs>
0: Poor
2: wall crawler. There was no um, stick for oh.
3: me. <laughs> well, you're not supposed me. to chew on him like Ash did. Sorry. <laughs>
1: no. And as he's driving away to get back to the bridge to get away from the cabin, we stumble upon our first miniature, which he slams on the brakes in front of because he realizes that the bridge is out. But clearly, it's a miniature, but I love the effect. A whole bunch of matte paintings to show you the gap, just how far it is from the cabin to the other side of the world where he's not going to be bothered by deadites. And he just has no choice because it's nighttime and now he has to get back to the cabin.
2: It's funny, you know. As many as as much as I watched a lot of older films as a kid, I remember this being one of the first movies where I realized things like that were done. Um, You know, specifically like at the beginning of the film when they're driving across. Um, the bridge, like I can totally tell like how oh, fake yeah. it was, <laughs> it, sure. know, just, just, <laughs> just just the painting and then yeah, when you see the the bridge here now, where it's all clawed up, but it was still creepy imagery, you know, so uh, i am not knocking what the the imagery achieved as much as it's just uh, again, like I said, it's the first time I've ever really noticed like that's that's how they did certain things.
1: I'm going to but I think I'm, it's my favorite effect. Go ahead, Monkey. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: Uh, now, now, first of my memory, King, is was it the first one or was it this one where they actually built the, the curled-up hand for the bridge?
1: It was this one. They couldn't afford it in the first one. So they just kind of showed you oh, some okay. beams in the woods, and that was just supposed okay. to be the bridge. They really didn't have enough. So you're supposed to assume that the bridge is just completely fucked up. But you can kind of see like what they were trying mm-hmm. to do, and this one they had a bigger budget, so they could actually show you the curled up hand of the bridge and show you that it's just kind- completely devastated.
3: At least that's what it was supposed to look like. And then Sam Raymond was like, you know, that's what we were shooting for, but then it just looked like a big old pile of shit when we were done. We we're kind of like, fuck it, I thought we thought just good. shoot it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, the effect is there. I mean, you could tell that it, it's all fucked up, and it does kind of look like a hand when you look at it. It does look like mm-hmm. trying to make a fist. You know. Oh um, I totally. But yeah, this movement. Yeah. And it's my not. favorite effect of of in the opening is this when he drives back in the Delta eighty eight he's being chased by the spirit in the woods and he stops short and he goes right through the windshield of the car. That was John Casino <laughs> doing that one. That wasn't Bruce. But if it could have been Bruce, it would have been Bruce. He couldn't do all the stunts. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: Unfortunately wow, really? He was a stunt
1: Yeah. Okay. He didn't do all the stunts. No, he The fall down the stairs was also John Casino because Bruce Campbell said straight up, I'm not falling down stairs. I'm not doing that stuff. So you could just get John to do that one. So it wasn't all Bruce getting hit the entire time. (laughs) But, yeah, he gets crashed through the windshield of the car and lands in the woods, running back into the cabin. Now you get to see how big this cabin is because apparently it's 10, you know, doors deep with – Ash being chased all through the house is going through door to door to door into the back of the house to the front of the house. It's a very cool shot.
3: Yeah. Cool. Huge ass
2: house, man. <laughs> well, it's
1: much,
3: a cabin, much bigger big.
2: than the, 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 the deceiving front of the cabin, have you believe? That's for
1: sure. Right? Yeah. You don't think this cabin is going to be that big. And if you actually pause it in certain parts, you could actually see that it's a set that was built on the uh, high school gymnasium in Wadesboro North Carolina. You could actually see it. There's no top to that cabin. You could actually see the rafters of the gymnasium. If you pause it in the right <laughs> <place>. <laughs> they, 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 they weren't trying so hard to hide it that <laughs> it's in a gymnasium that they're filming in. Um, but he evades the evil by hiding in the cellar and then looking at the trap door, scared out of his mind. And the evil's like, fuck, and then just goes all the way out. And you get to track it pretty far. <clears throat> that it, does, it doesn't stop at the cabin door. It goes all the way back deep into the woods. Deep into the woods. Oh. It's going to hide until it gets ash again. And this is at the point where we get introduced to Annie Noby, uh, who is the daughter of Professor Noby, who is reading the incantation of the tape, arriving by plane to meet her boyfriend, Ed. And she has the (laughs) 3,000-year-old pages of the Book of the Dead. And I sure as hell can't wait to get back to the cabin and recite these incantations and figured out what do you think's on them i don't know could be nothing or maybe a portal to another world oh. another foreshadowing to the end of the movie <laughs> that this could be it <laughs> um and yeah so we get that dialogue back and forth how she hasn't heard from her father in a week neither has ed but they're going to have to get there somehow because they need to read these incantations and figure everything out um love that it's in a frame, you know, nice and ready to go because you figure these pages are going to fall apart once you take them out. But they don't because they're they're made (laughs) by human flesh. Human flesh doesn't fall apart like pages.
3: Yeah, nice display case so that the sunlight can get it, you know, and expose (laughs) the pages. It's awesome. Not in a sealed, you know, suitcase or briefcase or anything, you know, extremely protective. No, just keep it out there. You know, put it on the mantle. (laughs) That (laughs)
2: makes sense to me.
1: And then when we cut back, we have Ash back in the cabin, asleep in a chair, again, taking another nap because, you know, you need those naps because it's going to be a long night until daytime. So you take a nap, you rest (laughs) up. But this time he starts to hear the piano that he was not playing at the beginning of the movie start to play again. And that's when he's reminded of Linda and the necklace that he saved from Linda, which is a, a pendant that was also in the first one that was used to defeat the evil dead. And it comes back in this one and it's supposed to kind of symbolize Ash's innocence, his good side. So when the evil takes over, if he has that, the evil side will go away. It's kind of like a token of his it's, love for Linda and also his innocence. His humanity. Yes, it's, his humanity. You know, great point. Uh, but when he runs to the window to see what's going on, the cross has fallen down where he to plays To the wall! Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrong one. But... Linda does pop out of the ground to kind of grind a little bit on some tree branches, so she might have been in some hip hop back in the day when she does her little spins and her head bops around, yeah.
2: Dude, I remember seeing, and again, like I said, when I was a kid, I really thought, like, you know, for the most part, this movie was serious. I remember even then finding this to be, like, hilarious. When she, like, like after doing all of her little her, her little dance moves and everything, which she just goes Wee and floats off <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah. ah! I just remember, I just remember dying yep. as a child. Like, yep. like, like yep. having to hold uh, my stomach because I was laughing so hard at
1: that.
4: Yep.
1: I did it the same time this Absolutely. time watching it.
4: I was so delighted <laughs> when that took place. I like it's not that I forgot about it, but when it when I was realizing what was about to happen, I was so very happy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that, Little weeping in the woods.
4: Ah!
1: <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. So that happened. But is it a dream or is it real? Because once again, not sure what's happening. Ash is at least not sure because what the fuck? You know, My girlfriend with her head popped off. That's fucking crazy. But then she pops up in the window and tries to strangle Ash through the boards that he'd put up over the window, bashing his head over and over again into the boards. Once again, Sam Raimi having a great time with Bruce. I see
0: how many yeah, times I mean,
1: he's going yeah. knock his head into the board?
2: then he wakes up in the chair again and you don't know if, this is, if any of this is real like I said I see this movie where it can go in two ways you can see comedy in it but you can also see it as being a serious film in which you know a guy is tortured by the, the, the literal demons that have driven him completely insane
1: yeah and it's, these are like the, the starting of him losing his sanity you know, just the little bits of it, you know, because of was it a dream, was reality, but we're not sure until he wakes up and lends his head drops right into his lap and takes hold of his hand, <laughs> waiting Ash to scream as loud as he can and proceed to bash that head over and over again. I couldn't stop laughing when I was watching it this time, just because it's so great to see Bruce running around, slamming his fake head against everything that he could possibly find—trees, <laughs> the wall, the door—and her just going arr, arr, like. You know, Biting further into that flesh of his hand, I'm like, oh, that hurts. Like, just thinking about <laughs> that kind of a bite in that fleshy part of your hand. No thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... you have to go but, also, for
3: but again, Bruce Bruce Campbell, you know, doing what him and Sam Raimi did growing up, and just being huge Three Stooges fans, and just going around and doing the slapstick all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> While having to deliver it's it's without right. cracking up.
1: Yeah. And he has to go to the work shed, which is also funny because obviously it's an ADR line when you hear it because they couldn't get it live. So what happened was when Bruce was on the set of Escape from LA with Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell's first question for Bruce was say workshed. Because he's that big of a fan of people that too, apparently. Bruce Gamble <laughs> tells that story all the time. <laughs>
0: first thing I'm set was
1: Kurt Russell. And the first thing he asked him was, say work shed. So you know that Russell has a Good sense of uh, humor, especially with movies. But we get into the workshop where you can see, yeah, especially, especially claw if
0: you see it above the, the door. LA.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that surfing with Peter Fonda is always great. Um, but you get to see mm-hmm. the Freddy Krueger claw above the door if you pause it in the right spot because they actually did get the glove from the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie as a tribute to Wes totally Craven and put the original Evil Dead. You did good. Yeah, because it's hard. Yeah, yeah. you have to pause it in the right spot. It's a yeah. blink and you're missing,
2: you yeah, see, if You're, you're not looking. I uh yeah, I ended up putting yeah. this on late last night and you know, again, like you know, typically this is the kind of thing where I've seen this so many times that like, you know, I'll fall asleep to it. But you know what? It was like I don't know, it was just one of those where again, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch it intently and it didn't matter that it was almost one o'clock in the morning and I had work the next day. Oh so doing that. This movie keeps it going in that way, at least for me. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I totally got yeah. the glove. It's just, just hanging there on the left.
1: And he puts Linda's head into the, the vice, you know, and he has to do something because she's possessed and he's got to put an end to this. So he's going to reach for the chainsaw, which has a nice little outline to show you where the chainsaw goes in the workshop. In case you forget where it goes, it goes here. But it's missing. Where could it have gone? Well, oh, we get our answer when the headless Linda's body comes running in with the chainsaw. <laughs> to attack Bruce over and over again. <laughs> you know, he's putting his arm up, trying to deflect that chainsaw. He knocks it into her neck, and you get a bunch of blood that's black coming out, and he's getting squirted in the face as this thing keeps trying to kill him with the chainsaw in its neck until he finally gets the upper hand literally ripping off his arm <laughs> to take control of the chainsaw. Oops, but this is where you get to see the deadites turning and showing Bruce that they could turn back in the window where she begs for her life and she doesn't like this. And yeah, I thought you loved me, Ash. And he's like, oh, that's – I can't do it. And then she turns back into his dead eye and she's like, she's tortured forever. And, <laughs> you know, and that's it. Ash Ash's had enough. No more of this shit. I'm going to cut her head right off. And then you get to see all the blood hitting the light bulb, turning the the work shed red. Again, this is oh, like a half-hour from... hell. <laughs> yeah this is literally like 30 minutes into the movie and we already had one to die twice. (laughs) You know, this, the the level of how quickly everything happens where now we have him returning to the cabin, finding a double barrel shotgun and finding those shelves and saying, this is what I got. So don't need to change trading in for the shotgun. Unfortunately, his reflection isn't what it seems to be because it turns into evil ash. Oh, you think you're fine? We just cut off our girlfriend in a work shit. That seemed fine to you. And it was a great it was a great
3: shot, man, when he first grabs him and stuff. It's like, I remember the first time I saw it, it totally fucked me up because I was not expecting that to happen.
1: No. And the fact that it strangles him, and then when it pulls back, he realizes that he's just strangling himself. Then he has to touch that mirror just to make sure, and he gives it a nice affirmative nod. Like, yep, this <laughs> mirror, you know, we're going to be fine. <laughs> but he has very little time to kind of regain his senses because now his hand is evil. It starts to grow black veins and turns on. And this is the greatest moment in the movie for me, because it really shows you how great Bruce Campbell was at physical work. The oh, amount man. that he had to do with this possessed hand, where it's grabbing at his face, where he's hitting himself in the face with plates, where he's trying to knock himself out. Like it's just, it's all Bruce in this scene and it's just amazing oh. to see how physical you can get
3: Oh yeah, just him just beating the shit out of himself with literally anything that's in the room. Just, oh man. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, the arm it's failing back really, and forth.
3: Just really felt sorry for Bruce, man. Oh, I love the, especially I when love he gets the
2: arm
1: trail.
2: Yeah. yeah, I love when he's unconscious <laughs> yeah. and he's dragging himself along on the ground. <laughs> that uh that that really impressed the shit out of me.
1: That yeah, and you get to hear that the hand the hand actually can make sounds. You know, it's grumbling mm-hmm. to itself as it sees the cleaver and just crawling towards it, desperately trying to get to it. And you just see him crawling along on the ground across all the broken plates. But right before the hanker reach <laughs> that cleaver, Ash has a knife and he plunges it into that hand, depending in the plates. Who's laughing now? Because he revs up that chainsaw with his fucking teeth. And he manages to get it going.
2: I just that so he can drive it
1: right into the thing. But it's amazing. <laughs> you know, that's how you do your lawnmower with the you know the teeth? That's impressive. You know, I mean, hey. That's how you do it.
2: Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, you know.
3: But, you know, it's, he has his hand dispatched, he puts it puts it in a trash can, and then, you know, the bad pun of putting the book a farewell to arms on top of it to keep it in place.
1: Yeah. And it's like the worst place to put it because it's still active. It's still a hand; you can still get away, and it does <laughs> it immediately just crawls away as soon as he you puts the wastebasket <laughs> over it and the books on it. Like that's gonna hold it in place. Like it's a possessed <laughs> demon, it's not gonna stick around for very long. <laughs>
3: but, but yeah, um, now that now now that's running around, I'm just like you said, loving all the little stupid silly sounds that are coming out of it because you you know that's me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because you could probably do that impression better than I can. I'm not even going to try. You know, the little high-pitched voice <laughs> that comes out of that hand, especially when he's running around. Um, but when we cut back to uh, Annie and Ed, they realize that the bridge has been knocked out, and we have Jake played by the late Dan Hicks uh, putting up a barricade in front of that bridge. And we're also joined by Bobby Joe, who... I'm assuming it's his girlfriend. It's never really sorted out. I would imagine that it is because he's just so desperate to Your get her at one point. That's probably the only girl in town. I don't know. I mean, just it was such a weird thing. I was like, that's probably the no, girlfriend, no. and that's why he I'm wants kidding,
0: her so yeah. Because no, no,
1: no, <laughs> yeah. that's the only girl in town that's willing to sleep with him, it, and that's it, why he it, wants it, her it. so bad. <laughs> it could be two. It could be both. I mean, it, it's in the deep woods. <laughs> so it could be both. Um, I'm fucking
3: my sister. I'm fucking my sister.
1: Bobby (laughs) Joe, you're so hot. God, you got them all made, man. Look at those legs. They go up to nowhere, man. You're like, ZZ top video. (laughs) Oh,
2: boy. You're not going to last five minutes with this video.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Watch this tree decimate Bobby Joe. You won't last five seconds. I think I will. (laughs) We'll see. Um, but Andy and Ed realizing that they don't really know how to get across, Jake says, "Well, I know a way around. There's a trail that you can get there if you really need to, but it'll cost you forty-five. You know what? No, a hundred. A hundred. Who's really going to go forty-five? So poor Bobby Joe. It's what the fuck, man? Let's go for a hundred. Go for the gusto. Well, I'll give you the hundred if you carry my bags. Oh, look at that. You've only got a couple pages in a little book there. All right, <laughs> deal." <laughs> And the next time you see him it's, it's, he's got the huge fucking trunk on his back. I'm goddamn <laughs> bitch. It's
2: interesting <laughs> it's this jealousy dynamic that seems to like go on between these two women. Like they're introduced and within like seconds you feel like there can be a cat fight breaking out like within like a, any minute now, you know?
1: <laughs> a little bit. It seems very yeah. catty. <laughs> a little bit. Um between the two women as they're going through the woods to this cabin on this trail. Um, and as the monkey had said, Ash had trapped his amputated hand under that tin with a pair of of arms on top, but it escapes through the, the mouse holes in the wall and is just trying to get away from Ash as he tries shooting it. Eventually gets stuck in a mousetrap, which is fantastic because it flips him off after it gets caught because Ash is laughing at it, like mocking his hand that is now you know sentient running around. And it's him with his shotgun just going, I, I think I know where it is. I'm going to blow it the fuck away. When he blows into that wall, yeah. that's when you get your big blood rush through the wall. Black, <laughs> red, all different colors,
4: <laughs> drowning
1: poor ash in this living room. Full spectrum. Just being soaked. <laughs> South
4: and South, Once again. Uh, I love full spectrum. <laughs> full spectrum.
1: And, it, it, and plus you get that great reverse shot of it going back into the wall. And it looks like he's hardly been hit with anything, because you could tell it was just a quick makeup job after the fact, where they had to put a little bit of black blood on him to make it look like he got doused by all this blood. But he's relatively dry after he goes back in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this, I think, like is the, the part where Ash it. completely loses his mind. Yeah. And I think this is where Ash completely loses his mind, because that's when we get everything laughing at him. The deer head, the lamps, the books, the chairs, the wave basket. Everything is laughing at him. (laughs) 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 And when you cut back to Ash, he's laughing too, and he's doing a jaunty little dance right along with all the (laughs) objects in the room that are laughing at him. It's one of the most iconic scenes, I think, just to see Bruce Campbell by himself laughing and jumping up and down while all these things laugh at him. And then he eventually devolves (laughs) into screaming, which you think would happen if you're fucking losing your fucking mind in a cabin. Where everything comes to life and the laughing at you. Yeah. yeah, you might join in, but after a while Jesus. Yeah. Somebody end this. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty easy to uh to lose yourself in that situation.
1: Lose yourself <laughs> in the moment. I mean I'm said it best. Um but after it's all over Fucking he points a gun at the door and bomb it on that
2: sweater already, man. Fucking mom's spaghetti.
1: Mom's spaghetti. That's right. <laughs> you know it. Um, Dean's jam.
0: is moving outside Dean's of the
4: jab right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. a moment. He's a week.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's hard out here on Eight Mile. It's tough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving outside the front door. Uh, he shoots at the door. Mile, and yeah. There's a scream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not Eight Mile PA. I mean, there's a lot of miles out here, but not Eight Mile. That's in Michigan. That's that's where Mr. Marshall Mathers is from, as we found out in an (laughs) eight-mile biographic picture of the same name. (laughs) Um, We discover that Annie and Ed, Jake and Bobby Joe have made their way to the cabin, and Bobby Joe has been grazed by the shotgun blast from Ash. And, of course, Jake's having none of that, so he's going to beat the fuck out of Ash. And Ed kind of helps, but kind of doesn't. He just kind of holds his hands down just so Jake can beat the fuck out of Ash.
3: He well, know he because he, because he's the gay porn, and he, he knows where this is going to go if things work out for him.
1: <laughs> it could be. And it's interesting <laughs> to note that in this particular scene, there is a cut in the U.K. version because in the U.K., you can't knock somebody after you've knocked them out, so you can't punch them when they're down. So the kick what? to the head that Jake gives him is cut out of the U.K. version because in the U.K., you cannot kick somebody after they're down, and that's what Jake does that's, to Ash.
3: That's the bad the... You that's can't like, do Fucking yeah. <laughs> okay. get it. Oh. <laughs> End up on the video. <laughs> <Nancy said. laughs> <Huh>. That's <laughs>
1: interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually learned that in the commentary people that too. Bruce Campbell and Sam Remy were talking about that. And that's what they said. So I uh, was mm-hmm. like, that's fucking interesting. And, but yeah, in the American version, we get that kick to the face right before they drag him into the cellar where they're going to lock his rotten ass up because of what he did to Bobby Joe and also because of what he might've done to Annie's parents, because the evidence isn't looking good for Ash. I mean, there's a bloody chainsaw. Everything's all messed up. So like, Listen, I can explain. It's going to seem kind of weird, but here's what happened. I was taking my girlfriend up here to bone her and you know what? It didn't work out. She became evil and died. And then I had to take care of it. So that's where we're at. I'm glad I caught you guys up. Oh no, you're not going to really explain. You're going to throw me in the basement. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll just wait just, down while you guys are listening. He's
2: just a yelling and screaming, you know, I made a mistake, I made a mistake, and it's like,
0: you know, you
2: may want to, like, actually go on and explain to them what went down a little bit, anyway.
1: <laughs> so otherwise,
2: know. what they're thinking at this well, point is that he had something to do with the disappearance of her dad.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't look good for him at all, you know, with everything that's been around, but... They do manage to listen to the tapes that Professor Noby had recorded, and he talks about how he recited the incantations and the evil got to his wife, Henrietta, and good God, he had to kill her and bury her in the fruit cellar. And that's where we Not get Ted seller. Ramey showing up <laughs> as Henrietta. <laughs> yeah, Ted Ramey Fresh is Henrietta popping her head up out of the ground. <laughs>
3: oh, and poor Ted Ramey. What he had to go through wearing that fucking suit yeah. It's just Where damn. they had to pour
1: the sweat out of the boots. Yeah, yeah. It's just mm-hmm. bad, but yeah. Now somebody's They're in my boot on... show, and I smell a fresh soul. <laughs>
3: but this dude, it's like he was wearing a 20-pound suit because it had beanbag titties on it. Uh, like, uh, apparently, he, there was so much liquid, you know, like, sweat running out of him. It was literally pouring out of the ear of his costume. Uh, and, like, he had to use a ventilator or something like that in between shots. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just... It, just to keep his form, man.
1: I mean, you could see the sweat in the ending when uh, Henry spinning around in the living room. You could actually see the sweat coming out of the mask, out of the ears. So, yeah, it was a lot a lot for Ted Raymond to go through to play Henry Ed, but he played it well, really well in those shots where you get to see him walking around in the fruit cellar, you know, just all rotted, and that body suit was really well done. Um, but they managed to get ash out of the cellar once they realize that this is actually evil and they try to save him, and when Ash goes to close the cellar door, they trap Henry at his head in that door, and now comes the flying eyeball, right in the Bobby Joe's mouth, which she subsequently <laughs> swallows. She swallows. But she doesn't well, try to puke it up, which I love. Because you Bobby think you'd be in the corner, like, trying to make yourself up? <laughs> up. Yeah. You think She's you'd like be trying to puke that down. back up. She doesn't. <clears throat> and eyeball. I mean, evil eyeball no less. And you think that would be enough to My really balls. kind of turn her, but it doesn't. Uh, That's Ed where I thought, were, I, I thought they were. That's where I
2: thought they were going to go with it. You know what I mean? It would have made that. that I feel like is a, a missed opportunity there.
1: It would have made more sense because, especially with Ed, who had been knocked out during this fight by Henrietta, when his head went through a, a picture, when he's waking up, he just kind of her. Like there's. There's no real kind of connecting tissue to what made Ed turn. He just suddenly turns and looks fucking amazing in his makeup with the different rows of teeth and the fucked up eyes and managing to float like Shelley did in The First Evil Dead, where she tells him, mm-hmm. where he basically tells him that they were what they were and they are what they are and what they want is life. And they're all going to be Dead by Dawn, which is the subtitle for this. Dead, movie by, dead by Dawn! Dead
0: by Dawn! Dead by Dawn! Dead by dawn
1: yeah I don't think so guys. <laughs> Ash is here and he's a bad guy. he's not going to let anybody die by dawn but you know Andy can't believe what's happening because her mom's been dead for a while and once Ash runs out of the room she calls him a coward but he comes back with an axe because he's got to hack good old Ed to pieces and spray green slime everywhere while Ed shouts we live we still live As he's being just (laughs) completely
4: erased.
1: (laughs) And they never showed the body parts laying on the ground like they did in the original Evil Dead. I kind of wish they did. Because in the original, when Shelly gets hacked to pieces, you get to see the head and the arms and all just broken to pieces. But in this one, they they cut out of it. Again, they were trying to get that R rating so they couldn't show you too much. But it was a cool effect with that rubber axe. (laughs) That's what it was. Um, yeah, and I, I, think from, again,
3: yeah. I just enjoy, yeah. enjoying what we're getting so far, is just a, as far as the gore and them having fun with it, and, mm-hmm. you know,
2: and,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> get what you get, you don't get upset. That's what it comes down to.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but you also find out that during this interim, the trail that they had come in on, Jake, Bobby Joe, Ed, and Annie, it's just gone. It's just not there anymore. You know, it's the <sighs> grandest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so the the evil of the forest has closed them in, so that there is no escape. Except Bobby Joe is getting the fuck out of there, because not only did she experience all this horror, but she also saw the ghost of Annie's father pop up, like a haunted mansion <laughs> effect. Daddy, why? <laughs> Daddy, no. <laughs> you have to You're save my me. soul. The answer
0: in the pages. Save my soul. I'm like,
1: man, this is some next level Disney haunted mansion stuff. You know, just projected <laughs> on the wall. And Bobby Joe's not having any of it. She just bolts the fuck out and she's like, see you guys later. I don't have time for this. And that's, I always love Bruce's comment when he talks about that. And he says, you see, this is why Ash lives in all these movies. He's on a panicker. You know, he stays and he figures it out. The panickers are the ones that die. And that's why Bobby Joe had to go because she panics and runs out in those woods where Idiot. there's just nothing but evil. Dumb and dumb. she, of course, gets trapped into the <laughs> woods just like as sister in the first one, and wrapped up by the tree branches and dragged. Not quite as effective as the first one. Again, the first one just yeah. has that great shot. Yeah, like, ah, you, can't, so you can't, you can you
3: you cannot beat the first one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you well, know, not for part two because part two is more of a comedy, and that's what they wanted to go for. You can't really do you know what they did the first.
4: But, you know, they,
1: they, they tried. It originally, it was actually supposed to be convicts. Uh, in the original version, it was supposed to be convicts that had escaped and found their way to the cabin and were basically joining with the Deadites to torture Ash in the cabin. And one of them was dragged away towards the end of the movie by the branches in the woods. So that, that prop that she gets trapped by, Bobby Joe, was meant for a much larger man, but they made it work for her, and oh. it was good, you know. I think it would have been, been too confusing having convicts in this movie as well. You know, of such yeah. characters, but it wasn't. Cool
3: <laughs> yeah, let's keep the cast down to a minimum here, because <laughs> we got to spend all our money in the last ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: because this is where we find the pages that are three thousand years old, and they're just handling them like nothing—no gloves or nothing like that—just ripping those pages out of that class and looking at yeah. the incantations. And you find I'm that of Ash and holding up a This
2: fucking demon's mm-hmm. rolling around at this point. I don't think kid gloves are going to be, uh, be the thing anymore. I think you're, you're no, in desperation mode. Kid gloves. Yeah. So you'd
1: also think that the well, pages would turn to dust. Like you think they would just, you know, turn to nothing because they're three thousand year old pages. But again, they're 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 bound by human flesh. flesh yeah. The
2: book doesn't want to die. And the
1: it's book doesn't want to die. living it.
2: got its own life. You know.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, because wasn't there a deleted scene where they actually tr- he tried to burn the book?
1: In the the first one, that's how they that's how he defeated Evil Dead. He burned the book. You're thinking of uh, the Evil Dead remake from 2013. In the 2013 version, they try to burn it and it doesn't burn. It
3: doesn't burn. Mm, no, I, I no, no, I thought I saw a deleted scene from Evil Dead too where he actually tried to burn the book. But okay, there
1: may have been. But I know when they re- in 2013's Evil Dead, they try to burn it and it doesn't burn. So, and that's also how he defeated the evil in the first one. So he threw it into the fireplace um, using the, the locket that he has, or not the locket, the little magnifying glass that he has for Linda. Burn, um, baby, burn. Jeez. But once uh, Jake forces them outside to go look for Bobby Joe, realizing that she's not around, that's when we get Dead eyed Dash again popping up to just attack both <laughs> Jake and Annie. You know, because now he just doesn't give a fuck. There was supposed to be a scene of him eating a squirrel that just didn't work out. So <laughs> they were going to have the squirrel tail it's your dad. <laughs> dangling out of his mouth, you know, as he runs. But it didn't quite work out. Uh, Annie runs into the cabin to seek safety. Jake is somewhere around, and he ends up receiving the bad end of the Evil Dead dagger in the chest when Annie mistaken him for Deadhead Ash. And it's great <laughs> when she's dragging Jake through that hallway where he's screaming, "I can't breathe." I can't breathe. you got to help me. And she just goes, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> poor guy's dying. It's your fault you're telling him to shut up.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, you know, Jake is such an unlikable character, but he didn't get to, he shouldn't have died that way. It's so bad for him. The stand yeah, in the chest, his girlfriend's dead to Mountain And when he gets dragged over to the cellar door, Henry had to just takes care of him real quick. And you think that at a certain point you let go of his legs? once you've been sprayed by so much blood. But no, she holds on to those legs for a while. And she's, she's just getting hosed down with all this blood.
3: And, man, it's like well, while that knife was cool looking, man, it's just unfortunately it is not the most solid looking thing. Because it's just going no. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But what ultimately back turns down. Dead on Ash back into Hero Ash is that pendant... Then he has the window. That's his humanity, like the monkey had said. So once he has that, he manages to defeat the evil for a little while. But unfortunately Andy's not buying it because she keeps trying to axe kill him. <laughs> Meanwhile <laughs> he's screaming, I'm alright now, I'm alright. And I just love that scene where he just leans up against the wall for half a second, all of a sudden that axe comes crashing right next to him.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, I told you I'm alright.
1: <laughs> yeah, but for how long? We need to read the pages oh. and we need to get the fuck out of here.
4: By means <laughs> necessary,
1: and that means getting the pages that Jake threw down in the basement. Okay. Thanks, well, now please. we need to have a montage. And Ash is very fucking a handy because he turned that chainsaw into a <laughs> the most famous chainsaw in history of the Leatherface's Ash's hand, the chainsaw arm, and he saws off half of that uh, shotgun to turn it into his boomstick, stick, which we'll see him take control of more in Army of Darkness, but right here. This is the birth of it. And he just utters the line, groovy. groovy. <laughs> Probably one of the greatest lines in horror film history. <laughs> just that simple one word. And this establishes he is officially the hero of this movie now. <laughs> He's out none of his dead-eyed shit. But what cracks me up is when he goes into the basement to get the pages back, he just tosses all of them up, and she just catches him in one fell swoop. Like, I was like, oh, all right. yeah. so none of them flutter down. <laughs> he just, here you go. She just catches him with one hand. She's like, thanks, Ash, and he just gives her a thumbs up. <laughs> you know, that was uh, easy. Kill. All right.
3: So so you have no problem that he can cut through a shotgun with his chainsaw, you know, and it's perfectly fine, but you're upset about the couple pages?
1: going I say it was fine that he cut through a shotgun with his chainsaw? No. I'm just saying, come on. <laughs> it just cracked me up when he threw all those pages up, one, and she caught them all 1,000 of them. Like well, you know, I drop all should... the pages. I'm like, fuck! You got to go back down again. I
2: it. mean, how else are you going to get a shotgun?
1: <laughs> yeah, and turn it into a boomstick.
3: Yeah, you can't use a chainsaw.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. You know that the realism wasn't working for you in that particular sequence. Of him, well, I, a, you know, I, putting it.
3: I was you know, fine with it. I'm rolling, rolling with me, it. You're it. the one that's upset. You're the one that's upset about the realism about throwing paper.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's funny. I wasn't mad about it. I thought it was hilarious. The fact that she caught it all one swoop and she's like, all right, let me read the incantations while Henrietta and Ash do battle, you know, up top, you know, on in in the living room back and forth, battling each other with crazy monkey sounds. I was like, oh, look at that. The main monkey must be so happy. You know, through Henrietta. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. My, again, another cousin of mine getting a job in Hollywood while I'm sitting there stuck on this show. <laughs> but, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: it, it's good to see that. Because eventually throughout this fight, Henrietta does extend her head into this weird uh, kind of deadite way. And attacks for his further until he gets the upper hand and saws off Henry at his head. And you get that great balloon deflating sound out of the neck yeah. hole where the head was cut off. As the blood kind of
0: just
1: <laughs> squirts out. And when the head lands on the ground, I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul.
0: <laughs>
1: and that head just fucking explodes. It's amazing that that head just bursts into yeah. flames like an a explosive. Mm. Um, but yeah, now, we, we, have not, we have
3: now reached the level of ash where he is tired of everyone's shit and doesn't oh, give yeah, a fuck anymore.
1: <laughs> Once he put that chainsaw on his arm, that was it. Like this is Hero Ash from now on. Like this is—I don't give a fuck about the Deadites. I will fuck them all <laughs> up if I have to. I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. Annie, read those fucking pages, please. And as she's reciting the incantations. That's when we get Old Rotten Applehead, the biggest deadite of these woods, bursting through the door, trying to chomp at Ash and grab at him with the tree trunk. I loved Old Rottenhead. It was such a cool effect. And the fact that it's kind of like the evil manifesting itself totally, it was
3: great. Yeah, and don't forget the whomping willows, Harry.
1: (laughs) And the fact that it had the three stages for some reason in its stomach. It had Larry Moe and Curly stuck in its stomach. We Why, win. Aurora? victory is ours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what it looks like to me. It looks like they put that Stooges uh, homage in there with those three I'm heads. Think but, trunks,
0: but, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but as she's reading, all of a sudden a large vortex opens up and starts to slowly but surely suck the large tree monster out along with the Delta 88 and everything else that's in the cabin. Poor Delta 88. It's been through so much, but it's going to be flying through a vortex now. But as Annie gets to the last part of her incantation, Ash's hand shows up again and stabs her in the back, effectively killing Annie as she reads the last portions of the pages. Poor Ash. Not only does he have a white streak in his hair now, now he's got to survive this vortex. And he thinks that (laughs) grabbing onto a flimsy piece of board in the kitchen is going to help him.
3: (laughs) How do you stop this thing? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. And when he goes through that vortex and he's flying around and you get all like the weird Christmas lights, I mean, it was such a cool like, little thing to see him flying around, you know, in this vortex. Like they just, it's a cheap effect, but it's fun. There's extended scenes of it that you could find on YouTube of the vortex. But what ends up happening is he lands in what looks like a deserted area of land. Nothing's around. Then he lands on a rock. The Delta 88, to see a crash like that, you know, that poor car. I like just to see it wrecked. I mean, you're going to see it in all Sam Raimi's movies, but for this one, you just you love the Delta 88.
2: You know what's but funny? But he finds himself surrounded. Yeah. I totally meant mm-hmm. to say this earlier. I noticed that that's the same car that they use at the airport. Um, you only see the yeah. ass mm-hmm. end of it. You, see, you just see yep. the trunk of it. But, but yeah, they had to use that, too. They mm-hmm. couldn't get another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were,
1: yeah. On the audio commentary, they kept saying the sand that's the delta, and he's like, "No, it's not. No, it's not. Like the, you could see it. Like that's the essence of the delta. You couldn't get another car to park there you know, for that particular scene. <laughs> you had to use the delta again. Like you only had one car. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a plane. On Rock. He had a
0: plane. <laughs>
1: yeah. But when Ash gets up, he realizes that there is a bunch of knights standing over him in all of their armor, and looking at him as if he is some kind of evil entity. And But this is kind of broken up because we have a winged creature coming down, which is, I guess is what you consider a deadite, but it's a winged monster. They all scatter because all they have is swords. Ash has his boomstick, and he has zero fucks to give.
4: Here it is. And he blows the head off that <laughs> dragon deadite,
1: and it lands to the ground. And, of course, one of the knights goes running over with the helmet on. That's Ted Raimi. And next to him, the director of the movie, Sam Raimi, who says... Hail, he who has from and fallen from the sky to deliver us from the terror of the deadites. Hail, hail,
0: hail. I've never hail. seen and someone
4: like so screaming. upset to celebrate. <laughs>
1: yeah. Poor Ash is screaming no at the top of his lungs as they're celebrating him <laughs> as their king. Poor Ash is stuck there, and that's why he's screaming. He's stuck in 1300 AD with no possible way of escaping. And we'll pick up with army of darkness soon enough on the show, but we'll find out what happens to Ash following the ending of him being hailed as the king of the Deadites. Um, I, I don't know. It, just, it, it was an ending that when I first saw it fucked me up because I'm like, what the fuck are they doing in the medieval times? Like, why are there knights running around on horseback and, you know, Ash is there with the Oldenville Delta. This isn't right. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. And then I saw all many Darkness, like, oh, there we go. That's why they did that because they wanted to make a medieval times Evil Dead movie. That I don't enjoy as much as the others, but it's fun. And
2: see, whereas I got that, that's what they wanted to do with it, man. It's just a matter of I just I felt like you know, great. This is going to be one of those films that ends, and it's we're just never going to see what it is that they that they were going to go for. I again, I I wish they would call they would have called Army of Darkness Evil Dead Three, and I I probably would have
0: seen it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you know. <laughs> I mean, the, I remember seeing that poster out a lot as a kid, too. You know, seeing Ash, you know, on top of the car with M. Beth Davids, you know, grasping his ankle and raising that chainsaw to <laughs> of this guy. Low on gas, surrounded by deadites. You know, that that tagline. <laughs> but I, I don't think that... I mean, it would have been great if they called it Evil Dead 3 Army of Darkness. What a long fucking title that would have been. But I think just sticking with Army Me of Darkness is, is fine. You know, it's, it's good enough, but... Again, I'm not a huge fan of fantasy movies, so that was like the lesser of the three for me. I just struggled with it. The only thing that got me through was Bruce just throwing fucking one liners left and right in that movie. It's just one line only like that. <laughs> yeah, there's Bruce Campbell Chill and his, his talk, baby. <laughs> First you want to kiss
4: and <laughs> then you wanna kill Whispering me. sweet Hello. nothings to his the king whispers sweet nothings to his boomstick as he snuggles with his self.
1: How do you know I have a boomstick? That's pretty nice. I can't believe you figured I do have a boomstick. It's very nice. I call it Ash. You know, we get along pretty well. (laughs) It's usually just, you know, I stroke it when I go to bed at night. It helps me through. When I go through my dreams of dancing with Bruce Campbell amidst all the deadites. Like, oh, Ash, you're the only hero for me. I love the king, baby. You got it, Ash. Um isn't <laughs> things, things, I didn't,
2: things
3: I've, I've never ever wanted, wanted to, come to hear. Is the ice rink
2: King and <laughs> the word stroke in the same like breath.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean Billy Squire said it's it better than I could. I'm just trying to follow it. Yeah, I know, doesn't it doesn't. Yeah. Unfortunately I don't have a woman in my life. So it's just a lot of, you know, Billy Squire on Saturday nights.
3: <laughs> oh shit. Wow. Hey, listen. <laughs> Going around Kevin making angry dancing.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they have, pink tank top. They have and I'm kicking cars. the air. <laughs> oh, is, is that an 80s movie that I've never heard of, Dean?
4: It, it just might be.
1: I don't know. One of the, the, those random ones, I don't know. No, no. I was just agreeing with the monkey that I'd always squire every Saturday night. Put on a pair of white tight pants, a pink tank top, and then I'd just punch the air and kick. You know, that's how I spend mine in my loft. <laughs> I wonder from watching Billy. <laughs> you know,
3: and Kevin Bacon. Us
1: lonely people. Have to just, yeah, and well, Kevin Bacon, that's the, yeah, that's a whole other issue. That's angry dancing. That's, you know, pulling that's up right. into a warehouse with your beetle and just angry punching the air and dancing just because you're pissed off you're <laughs> in a religious town that bans dancing and partying. I get it. I was there with him. I was feeling it. I think sometimes you're just so angry you got to dance. How you get the rage out. You don't go punch people. You dance in an abandoned warehouse. You
0: dance it off. God, God damn it, Rand!
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Tractor race, noon. Meet you there. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was glad that you brought that up, monkey. We monkey and I were talking about Footloose last weekend because it's just the most delightfully absurd mm. '80s movie. Mm. Like, just, I every time it's, it's on. Not absurd app, at all. It's
4: <laughs> just straight up delightful.
1: It's, the, like, it's, it's To me, it's politically like, like, absurd. Like, It's just so great to see Chris Penn, you know, looking you and dancing dance, around. I just, I love they that dance movie. Plus, I mean, John, for
2: many reasons. John Lithgow, they dance it? to celebrate. <laughs> they dance to worship. <laughs> they dance <laughs>
1: to the <rain. laughs> They I dance and deep for the Lord. Just slapping the shit <laughs> out of the <Lord laughs> I <mean>, Just open <laughs> slapping her.
0: We'll and like then just here.
1: banning dancing. How the fuck are you going to ban it? Like, if I dance in my room, are the sheriff going to come? Like, hey, man, what did I tell you? No more dancing. It's not allowed in this town anymore. Here's your $500 <laughs> ticket. Oh, damn it. What? I wasn't no, then, dancing. No, was
3: just... but then, like you said, Fandago from WWE kicks his the poop in the door. Dance, please. Yeah. 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 With yeah. his furry
0: boots <laughs> and his sat <boots> on. <laughs>
4: You can't
0: dance. <laughs> oh
1: man, it's a dance police. <laughs> Damn it. Were you trying to be happy in this town again? Yes. What did I tell you about that? Oh happiness in this town. No more of that rock music either. Okay. Damn it, this town sucks. Can't wait to leave. I'm gonna be a dancer. <laughs>
3: Yeah, like I said, with John Travolta in New York.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to be a dancer. I'm going to make it big, man. Yeah, you'll see. And it's going to be directed by one Kevin. of the Stallones.
3: Me and Kevin Bacon, we're going to start a dance troupe. <laughs>
1: oh, man, Bacon and Travolta dancing in the same movie? Man, I don't know if the screen can contain that kind of heat. <laughs> Too sexy, too
2: sexy, Travolta's going to have to pull out those moves from, uh, from look who's talking, you
1: know? No, please, yeah. He's going to break out a little Tony Manero, too, just add a little bit of spice to it. He doesn't have any hair anymore, so he really can't do it anymore because he can't really say, don't touch the hair, because it's not there anymore. You have to figure out something else. I thought, he, I I thought you were saying
2: him. that he can't dance because he doesn't have any hair anymore I'm like
0: oh no he can't no, can what is he, he fucking, can fucking Bacon. He can't his do.
2: powers like tied intrinsically to his hair
1: they <laughs> were for the longest time he was afraid to go bald for the longest time that's why he kept putting those hair plugs in he was afraid just to go natural he had to keep trying to fool people and then one day he said you know what fuck it I'm shaving them all off and he's better for it so yeah in a way his hair wasn't <laughs> Samson but anyway uh, Next week, monkey, it is your pick for a movie. So what do you have for us?
3: Um, yeah, okay. So next week we are picking a movie that I've been wanting to cover for a long, long time and wasn't sure if no, it would actually work. Peggy Sue got married. That is pick? good. That that you're is picking great. a movie. But, yeah. But I wanted to pick this for a while, but I wasn't sure it would, if it would actually fit into horror because most people consider it more sci-fi. But I'm saying, fuck it. Let's cover it anyway. So – uh,
2: say, say this <laughs> like we've <laughs> never done that before.
3: Yeah. Uh, so next week, I'm um, asking us to go ahead and cover A Clockwork Orange.
1: I'm into it. It's a great Stanley <laughs> Cooper film. I happen to have my copy on my shelf as we speak. Yeah, I mean, that, it kind of yeah. lands in horror a little bit. I mean, there's some horrific elements to that movie. I mean, even though it's set mm. in the future. There's some horror. I'm, I'm looking for yeah. man. Be a part of the droogs. Mm. <laughs> have a little bit of the in I have... next week.
2: I am bummed because, unfortunately, I am not going to be a part of next week's episode because my family is doing our Thanksgiving on Wednesday um, as such. Mm. So I think partaking in turkey and not in Clockwork Orange world. But I will be watching the movie anyway, and I will throw my thoughts up on the uh, the page for you guys. Yeah, I'll well, be glad do. to read them.
1: Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a movie that I'm looking forward to covering. So, yeah. Clockwork Orange, Stanley Kubrick, next week. Malcolm McDowell, Alex Delores. Great. All right. So, all right. So, Dean, thank you so much for joining us on the too. We'll see you back here next week.
4: Adios.
1: Okay. We got you.
4: All right. <laughs> and for the Mad, <laughs> Mad Monkey yeah. as well, thank
0: you so
1: much. And we'll see you back here next yep. week to talk about Clockwork Orange.
3: Yep, I'm the Mad Monkey saying thanks for listening to tonight's episode of <laughs> Talking Terror and let me come in your ear.
1: All right. Good night, All everybody. As we close out. <laughs> yeah. As we close out, cool. You know what to do. Hit that plug.
2: Indeed, indeed, indeed. Everybody, uh, Christmas is around the corner, so get your ass over to Etsy, put in the search bar, one word, Bonfire Be Designs, get yourself, uh, you know, or your girlfriend, or your boyfriend, or whatever it is that you are, uh, like, identifying yourself as, um, get yourself a piece or of jewelry, them, man, <laughs> you know, the, 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 them, it, he, she, whatever, uh, I don't care, I don't judge, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but that being said, get over there and check it out. See what she's got. She works real hard on making all kinds of jewelry, and she loves her shit being worn. So get on there. She's working. You're working. Wear it. Yeah. Get it. Now. Bonfire be Designs. All one word. Now. Now. <laughs> Stay scared. Now. Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody is working <laughs> for the Danger weekend. Now dance. So,
1: now, now. <laughs> All right. So, and
0: as happy always,
1: I'm you. your old pal, the king of horror, Andy G. Yes, happy thanksgiving from the ghoul, because he will not be a part of next week's episode. He'll be missed. But as for me, I'm your old pal, the king of horror, Andy G, saying, keep America strong, watch horror movies, hail Satan, hail odorous, hail yourselves, and until next we meet for a little bit of the ultra-violence. See you next time.
2: Hail your mom.